Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to be covering The Clone Wars Season 7, or the final season. My name is Dan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. Yo. And Noma. What's up? We're slightly awake on this one. I like it. Oh, I'm, I'm here. You're awake. <laughs> we'll bring the energy back up for you guys. Don't you worry. Sorry, Goku. I gave all my energy to that, yo. <laughs> Ed, do you want to let the listeners know what we're talking about on this episode? Yeah, season seven of Clone Wars. As you know, uh, there's been a new addition to the animated seasons. Seasons. I don't know. Uh, basically, Bad Batch is out, so we wanted mm. to basically go ahead and recap what happened just before all their stuff went into big detail, and that is Season 7 of The Clone Wars. So mm. we're going to tell you what happened, uh, what we get, well, not what may happen, we'll have our um, predictions, I guess, talk, and then we'll just try to talk about as many Easter eggs as we could find in this last season, and then hopefully by the end of it, we'll be in a good shape to talk about the Bad Batch themselves and their their specific season as well. Yeah, just a heads up for everybody, we are going to be doing a weekly podcast um, on top of our normal podcasting for the Bad Batch, um, and so uh, after this recording, you'll see another episode come up for the Bad Patch introduction, which is the pilot episode, and then episode two as well. So we'll have both of those out, uh, that one episode out for both those episodes right after this one. So keep your eye out for uh, new episodes for the Bad Batch every week to find out what we think about it, what we've seen about it, and what we think might happen next. Yeah, and we have a giveaway going on right now. It started on May the 4th, and it goes until May 30th, and we'll choose our winner on May 31st. Uh, you can enter on Twitter by going over to our Twitter account and looking at the rules there. The rules are as follows. You can win a copy of Limited Run Games, Star Wars Republic Commando for PS4, which is a really nice collector's edition version. And all you have to do is retweet the original post and share a link of one of our episodes with the hashtag voice force pod to enter. Make sure you do those steps because if you don't do all of them, you will not be entered and your effort will be in vain, sadly. So make sure you do that before May 31st for your chance to win. The product says it will be uh, released in October. So that is when we'll deliver it is when we get our hands on it. And you can also enter on Instagram. And if you do that, you can find us over at voice force pod on Instagram as well, and you can win the same thing. All I'm taking all the entries for both of those, and then that's where people are going to have the chances to win. And on this, you have to follow the account for the Instagram account, like the original post that we have for the giveaway, tag one friend in a comment below the post, and then you will be entered to win. And you can repeat step three and tag multiple people, single comments to do that, and you'll be counted for each one of those. Please make sure you're not contact or... Um, you're not, please make tagging. sure that you're not tagging celebrities or companies because those will not count in our contest. Noma, would you like to let them know how to contact us? Yeah, so there's a variety of ways you can get in contact with us. Uh, one of the easiest ways is to find us at our website, which is voiceoftheforce.com. We've also got an email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Uh, social media-wise, we've got Twitter and Instagram. Those are the same, which is at VoiceForcePod. And just a little reminder that retweeting and uh, reposting our new episodes really does help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. 
And as always, you can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. And as always, reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility, and you can subscribe for free for the latest episodes as soon as it releases. Please make those reviews. It helps so much. <laughs> we appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And just before we get into it, I just want to make a spoiler warning for everybody. We will be going into details of plot details and things that happen in this in depth. So if you have not watched them and you want to watch them, please do that now before you listen to this because you will be spoiled otherwise. Let's get into it. Everything is about to change. Right, so the first arc that we have is the Bad Batch. We get the introduction to the Bad Batch, which is partially why we wanted to do this episode. Then we can kind of get introduced to these characters. And we get uh, a few different things. Their main story takes place on the battle uh, during the Battle of Anaxis. And we have Captain Rex and Commander Cody, as well as Mace Windu, Anakin Skywalker, and I think that's it for the main characters on this planet. Uh, well, Obi-Wan's there too. Oh, that's right. Obi-Wan is there. And because yeah. Commander Cody's there, obviously. And mm. so for that... Oh, and we get, you know, we get a couple of... Uh, anyways, yeah, we get a couple of little nice things from that. And we get... Uh, basically, they're trying to win over the Battle of Axis, but every time they make a plan, uh, Rex is near the head of it and trying to come up with new ideas. And every time they do, they get... They're one step behind the Separatists. And they're like, what the hell is happening? I know We know that they have an algorithm of some sort that's predicting our things. So why is that the case? And so they're trying to figure out what's going on. And so Rex and Cody call in the Bad Batch or Clone Force 99. We get introduced to Hunter, Wrecker, um, Crosshair, and Tech. And those are the four mutant clones that had desirable mutations. So Wrecker is a really strong guy and a little bit bigger. Uh, Crosshair is really good at sniping things from a distance. We got Tech, who's obviously really good with technology. He's like the fixer of the group. And then we get Hunter, who's the leader and has like this weird um, sixth sense to like do stuff with like the um, electrical current of a planet or something like that. And he's really good at hunting and tracking, apparently. I don't understand the, the example of why that was, but I mean, he's a cool <laughs> character. It's just because they realize they don't really have anything yeah. for him except the headband and the cool. He's yeah. Solid Snake. He's Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Because he. <laughs> We'll get he's, into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, he's Rambo, he's Rambo Snake with Ultra Instinct Light at this point. <laughs> the only the only two I consider a good part of this that makes sense is Tech and the Sniper guy. Because we, we, we sell him short for that because it's not like he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, he's like 200 meter away or something. It's like, no, this guy can take a shot without... He's a Hawkeye. Yeah. Take a shot without looking, mm. banks it off something, and then it hits like four draws. It's like, okay, yeah, you 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 have the sixth sense for something. Because that makes exactly. sense. Hunt, Hunt, I hate his name even. So it's like it's, it's, my favorite out of the, all of them, to be honest. I don't think his mutation <laughs> makes sense. I thought it was just like he had like his hearing and his vision, like everything was heightened. 
That's what I thought his mutation was until they like introduced it. And I'm like, oh yeah. They wear helmets. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like didn't increase any of that. mutation, bro. Yeah. Like at least you you buddy can pick up stuff and like hide behind a huge bunker. Yeah. One can shoot around that and one can like reinforce it with energy shield. And I'm seeing all this like if you have to play it out on a D table, right? And everybody <laughs> has their special skills. Like, okay, Hunter, now you okay I'm leader. Why? <laughs> like, he's got no other power he's the special leader so, so yeah hopefully the show actually comes through and explains a bit more about him and shores him mm-hmm. up because right now no it's just i look the most normal and cool and i have a bandana so i'm the leader give me mm-hmm. give me that rambo vibe so we get them going with commander cody and captain rex as well as two other clones we get you remember who they were there was a medic clone and then there's the one with the tattoo on his face can't remember his his name it's um, it's the big republic tattoo in his yeah, face. Yeah, huh? well, that's that's Jesse, isn't Jesse, it? Jesse, yes, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. I couldn't remember what what's what's his he's, call sign? I, like, I don't remember. I mean, he's just one? he he's only a tiny insane amount important in the last arc. Yes, that's why I he remember. is in the in the last arc, but I mean he's pretty forgettable, let's be honest. The fact that he made it to that season, bro, leave him alone. He yeah. got his yeah. he, respect. He lived through Umbara. He yeah. deserves some respect. And so they help infiltrate a separatist comms um place, power. Um, to figure out what's going on with these uh, communications and why they're able to be one step ahead of them. And it turns out that when they get in there, they find out that Echo might still be alive because it says they request who is, like, what is sending this code. And then it comes back saying CT1409, which is Echo's call sign in his voice. And so they're like, oh, damn, we need to go to Skako Minor where the signal's coming from to figure it out. So they head See- over to Skako Minor. One point I want to make before we continue. Yeah. Big ups to Rex because he's the only one who's really pushing for that. Everybody else is kind of like, oh, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. And he thinks he's going nuts. But he's just like, nah. Because remember, they're all his, exactly. most of his plans yeah. are going around, right? So he's just like, hmm, there's something familiar about There's something about this. And he keeps pushing for it. He's pushing for it. And they're like, fine. Okay. Take these guys with you and go. Yeah. And for that, even then, he's trying to like get ingratiated with them. And they're just like, nah. Dude, your, your emotions guy. are running running high, right? Exactly, right? So that was so, another one of their abnormalities, I guess. Your emotions are running high, said the team of incredibly unstable emotional <laughs> clones. And then, that part was weird. So we get to Skako Minor, and we find the life signal is actually coming from Echo, and he's attached. He's like kind of partially robotic and got all these implants on him and like a droid kind of like uh, arm that can go into things. And so he's attached to all these tubes and they got to like remove them, but they have to do all these other things to keep him alive before they can do that. They rescue him and then they fly back and they find a village um, that they were at before with these aliens and they have to defend it against the separatists, which they do. And then they leave. Um, After that, we find that Anakin wrecks the Bad Batch and... um, Is that it? Yeah, they infiltrate Admiral Trench's Dreadnought above above the Battle of Anaxis and um make it seem like they're basically a separatist shuttle which i thought was kind of funny in that scene they had like the obviously not separatist ship coming in and then <laughs> the droid's like is this one of ours i haven't seen this before and then tech is like changing the codes and then it switches over to an imperial or a separatist shuttle and like oh no that's one of ours let her in <laughs> and then she just, they just come in and land underneath it which i thought was hilarious so they infiltrate and they basically need to have echo um tap into the uh, ship to trying to send false codes to Admiral Trench to put the battle in the Republic's favor. And so he does that. He sends all the droids on an axis to where Mace Windu and Obi-Wan are with all the clones. And uh, basically they're surrounded. 
and then Echo sends a really big surge through the facility, and it deactivates all the droids. It just surges through the droids and deactivates all of them. And Admiral Trent's like, what the hell is happening? And they find out that Echo or something's happening on the ship, so they fry. They send a pulse down to fry Echo, basically, for the time being. As we do that, uh, or sorry, right before that happens, we find a bomb in the battle in the main facility, and so Mace Windu has to go disarm that. <laughs> and then Ed's over here with his little, <laughs> his little spider mode. Yeah. That's all, that's all, every time I hear track track track, track, yeah, just like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the better. <laughs> So basically, Mace Windu finds the bomb before Echo gets deactivated or gets, you know, shut down. Basically, he gives him some of the codes to shut it down, but there's one left. So Anakin heads up to Admiral Trench and interrogates him on the bridge to get the last code. And Mace Windu disarms the bomb, and Admiral Trench is like, "I'm gonna shock you with my staff." And then Anakin turns around, and is like stab in the middle of his chest through with the <laughs> lightsaber. And uh, you can definitely see in this episode the the fall of Anakin a lot. Like he's like. You can't hurt me. You're a Jedi, and he's like, slice off three of his mechanical arms. Like that shit don't work on me, buddy. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna murder you. More interrogation from this guy. And I was like, to be fair, throughout this entire war, Trench has been a pain in this guy's ass. It's so true. So it's different than when he was dealing with Tordarian guy, who he just like picked up and choked, right? Yeah. Or like, mm -hmm. or or Buzz or whatever. At this one, it's just like, okay, listen, I beat you once, you came back. I mean, again, I'll make sure you don't come back this time. <laughs> the only thing I need from you is a thing. I do not care what happens to you. Oh, they're metal arms. You can chop one of those off and give them back, right? Yeah. So, no, that, to me, that, unfortunately, it lays in the list of things that leads, that you can say that leads to a fall. But mm -hmm. on that one, it's just like, I don't want to put an asterisk beside it because that one's just like anybody would be fed up at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking die. The last, the last part about this uh, kind well, of series. There's also there's there's one extra part, isn't there? Because I seem to remember um, that they blow. Don't they blow up Trench's ship with the bomb at the end? Uh, yeah. So basically, they're they're flying yeah. away, and uh, Anakin found the um, little uh, yeah, the remote self destruct button, basically that Trench has on his ship in case of emergencies. I assume. And he's like, oh, Wrecker's going to want this. So he gives it to Wrecker, and Wrecker just oh, yeah. pops it and destroys I the entire fleet. Yeah. yeah, you can push the this button. It's the happiest day of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get, at the very end, when they land back on Axis and at the base and whatnot, we have Echo joining forces with Clone Force 99 and uh, becomes one of the crew because he doesn't feel like he fits with the the main Clone Force or the regs as the, the regular clones as... Now, they, now that he's more machine than man. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. So mm -hmm. I feel like he fits well. Like, he and Tech kind of overlap, but he can do more with machines than t Tech can just do, like, you know, hacking and coding and shit like that, I assume. Like, kind of more slicing mm -hmm. stuff, I assume. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll see him that thing. to see them work in tandem or something. Exactly. So, yeah, that's the Bad Batch. I was going to see... Um, Ed, did you want to start us off with what you thought of the overall kind of parts that you that we watched in this arc? and uh what your main ideas and thoughts were on it character-wise yeah, um, and plot-wise i mean character-wise it, it it followed a very republic commando kind of not schedule is the wrong word but breakdown really where it's just mm -hmm. like okay here you go here's first time you see them everybody gets a chance to really do the thing because we have that big battle you know where they get introduced to and it's just like oh here's how we show up like i was saying before with the way um 
Crosshair was able to do his thing, and and then I keep wanting to call him Heavy, man. He's oh, super, super Saiyan Heavy. Record. Record, yeah. Yeah. He pulls, he, he just grabs this whole big side. If you think of those concrete, less like um, yeah, yeah, barricade the... things, I just runs with it. And he's yeah. like, all right, everybody behind me. It's just like, all right, yeah. you're, you're already pretty it's... big, but Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> he, to me, those two alone could be a unit. Before, before he lifts that up, though, he lifts the whole lap gunship up. It was like, yeah, oh, crap. That part was. Ugh. That's what. Yeah, that's why I said Super Saiyan heavy man. Because at that point, he, even though it's modified, like remember, Django's still a regular dude. Like he's not going around <laughs> hefting things like that to begin with. So whatever yeah. they did for him, or whatever mutation there was there, sure. I'm he lost brain say. power for Captain America powers, essentially. Maybe. Right, because I want I want to see this whole dumb thing just be an act. That would be that would be sweet to make him is. the most dangerous part of that group. Because let's say like oh everybody gets him down, traps him, and then it's like oh stupid quick can't do anything. All right, it's enough mm -hmm. time playing this now. Let's start. And we'd be like what? And then just oh just King Kong's the hell out of them. Turns out to be like Beast Titan and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that would be cool. But I, I don't know. It's The setup for it was good. And the introduction to all the characters, I need to see a bit more from all of them before I make a judgment on the team as it is. Because having Echo in that team now, I think it was to give everybody who's watching, like, oh, see, he's not just going to die. Like, there's some place for him. But it's like, he's so close to mm -hmm. tech. Like you were saying before, like, what's going to be his niche? Is he? I feel like he's going to be the one that stays back on the ship or stays in that kind of command area. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a, com a combatant as well. Like he's more he's like, like a, become the think, guy in the chair. Yeah. Yeah, no, think of it like Persona, right? You have yeah, the you navigator. Have the team, but you have that person navigating. Oh, the Futaba. map. He's oh, Futaba. Here, here. Exactly. See, I was going to say Rise, but yeah. I was going to go back to four and <laughs> I mean, then three. Yeah, you have it looks exactly like Futaba. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. What's It starts with an F. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, Fuka. Yeah, so you have all you have the line of succession there. Now it's Echo. So six guys, let's go. Wait, if that's the case, I just if we're if they're gonna be a Persona team, I don't want them to get an uh, animal mascot. I'm I mean, okay with them not having. I mean, one. to be fair, to to our credit, <laughs> there are only four members who can go into combat, and then one person who's overlooking it, which is Echo. Yeah. So it actually yeah. works with Persona. That's what I'm saying. It works, right? Because that it seems to be the setup that's going on right now. Yeah. And then they also have the luxury if one of them is out, most likely being something might happen to Big Brain Guy, then at this point, you know, you have somebody who can sub in for that, even if he mm -hmm. has to just hold like a pistol or something with his one good hand, right? Mm -hmm. But again, he can modify that arm to be like a whole freaking rail gun at this point. Why not? <laughs> That'd be cool. Right? Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff you could do with the $6 million droid, man, or clone now, so why not? Speaking speaking of Echo, man, he he can take a hit, because if I remember correctly, the whole reason we thought he was dead in the beginning is he takes a turbo laser. Granted, yeah. he's, he's holding an energy shield, but still, he takes a turbo laser, and he's, he has charred helmet roll away. So, so to find, I remember being, like, genuinely shocked when they were like, oh my god, it's Echo, and I was like, oh, what how? how do you survive something like that but yeah then at the same time then seeing him with all those uh electronics i guess that kind of makes sense right they he was he was just this like anakin 1.0 basically when they found him mm -hmm. all those limbs kind of annihilated <laughs> but what do you think 
Ed, Ed, do you have any more points or? No, I don't want to get to everything at this point. Those are those are just some of my thoughts on them. Predictions, they're slim right now because I mm. I want to go into Brad Batch having, you know what, I want, I'm thinking this and this, but just, you know what, I'd rather surprise me. Just mm-hmm. be like, show me why this should be a show of its own and not just instead of Clone Wars Season 8. You know what I mean? Because it, it really is, but, you know, it's got its own name. It's got its own title. Okay, show me why it can stand just as well. All right. Thank you, Ed. Noma, your turn. Yeah, so I'm looking at this from more of, I guess, just an uh, overall arcs and episodes and, and stuff like that kind of view because I've got really mixed feelings on the Bad Batch. The, the pros are, man, they look cool. Mm-hmm. I love their... I like their armor designs a little bit more than the actual character designs, but they look really cool. I really dig their designs. Um, I think they're an interesting concept. I just, there was a point in, I think the first or second episode where I just stopped not caring, but I stopped being concerned during the episode because they're the bad batches never, ever, put in a situation where their backs are even close to against the wall. Yeah. It's just, they just breeze through every single encounter that they have. And it's, it, it really feels like they're not even trying. And that was their clone force 99, man. Yeah. Right. But after like the third, like Omega squad, essentially. But no, Omega squad has a lot of, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's like the new commandos, right? Like that's what these, they're trying to make these guys up to, right? Like that's what they're basically in lieu of. Right. If that's the case, one of my favorite. Just I love because your you reaction to that, that guys. Well, because one of my favorite no. parts of Hard Contact, which yeah. is the first Omega Squad book, yeah. is they are literally in the room with the target they're trying to capture, and they go, "Okay, so the target's got a gun, and we're not sure if the gun can kill us in a single shot or not. Who wants to test it out? I don't yeah. know how we're gonna get around this and not eat a Verpine Shadow Round to the face." Mm. And we can't, and that's actually a tense moment, right? I mean, the way to get around that, a lot less tense. But yeah, that moment in itself, there was never a single moment like that in Bad Batch where it's like, oh God, we might be in trouble. It's always it's just pretty OP. They go, they go from pot to fire, or in in that same scene, because it's like, okay, yeah. we have her now. It's just like, all right, now we're surrounded by droids and the commander of them. Mm. What do we do? And and They're plus, coming in. What do we yeah. do? And plus, she gets injured when they they try to take her or yeah. capture her, right? So it's yeah, it's 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 just this mounting. Okay, now there's a bunch of ticking time bombs, and then this one, it's like well, Echo, tread the bomb, and it's just like, it's like yeah, we're making, we're I, making the paces on this one. It, yeah, well, and it's like yeah, the bombs. But I watch, I just watched you walk through like three hundred battle droids. I don't think this is going to be a problem, right? And they were just you know didn't break a sweat, so. That's kind of part of the... Re- I mean, and the other thing is, if you've, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me voice this opinion already. And it's just one of the reasons why I am very interested in Bad Batch, the, the you know, the new show specifically, because uh, I'm curious to see how they can, you know, make the characters more interesting and make the stakes higher and make their the tension a lot better and mm, kind of, you know... Stakes do that whole thing right well because you know you have the introduction and it's a little bit long yeah steaks but i haven't had breakfast yet man (laughs) (laughs) let everybody know what time we're recording this i mean you can kind of guess what how tired two of us are but anywho it's just 
it's just one of those things, right? Where it's just, I need more, I need more stuff to be built on. And this is a problem that I kind of have with uh, season seven overall, which, you know, we'll get into later on, but it, there's just, there's a lot of weird pacing issues with this season. I feel like it should have either had more episodes or, you know, just, just had a couple episodes cut. Cause I feel like this, this arc could have had one or two episodes cut Two might be pushing it a little bit, but definitely one episode sure. taken out of it. Um, and you could have told that same story, basically, and maybe, you know, done some something a little bit better. Not better, actually. Sorry, that's that's kind of rude. Different. But, yeah, I think you could have taken one episode out and still had the same impact of the story that was presented sure. as it was. Yeah. So is there anything else, Noma, that you wanted to say about it? Anything good or anything uh, that you were like, eh, I kind of liked it, but it was meh. I mean, a couple of pros, like we were talking about with Easter eggs and stuff like that. There were a lot of little moments in... Uh, in this arc right at the beginning that I really, really enjoyed because it's a lot of intercharacter moments. Mm. Uh, the big one is you have the moment where Anakin is clearly, you know, talking with Padme yep. in the barracks room, or I think it was just Rex's, it was uh, Rex's cabin. barracks. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Rex is playing, uh, not really wingman or more bouncer with Obi-Wan of, yes, he's spot checking my gear. Without you? Yeah. Yes, he likes to do that, and I love I love how bald faced is because he's wearing his armor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sixty percent of his gear is, or nah, I'd say four. He's not wearing his helmet, so like 50 percent of his gear is like on him. Yeah, it was so and then, good. You know, running interference, and then you get that, but then you get that great moment afterwards, right? Yeah. Where Anakin's leaving, and Obi Wan just says, "Oh, tell tell Padme I said hello." I hope you told Padme like, I said hello. Yeah, and it's just that knowledge, right? It's just that that camaraderie like brotherhood bond right yeah which just exists between them i love that they build that up because it's it's one of those things right like order 66 uh hits a lot differently once you've watched clone wars and you actually see the adventures with these jedi yeah and so you know the you are my brother anakin i loved you that line hits so much harder now that it's like you know they hint at it in episode three but in clone wars season seven they really tell you yes he knew the entire time yeah just wait till but, we get to like the end of this like season of the Clone Wars, like when we get through the the synopsis here for the last arc. Like, oh yeah, those, there's three a hits lot, so but, much harder. Oh yeah, no, there's a lot, but I feel like like even with the the Obi Wan moments later on in the series, that moment is the most powerful mm -hmm. in the entire arc mm -hmm. of just like you know being that open and and fine with it, right? Yeah, it's such a it, it's just a really nice moment. That there's part I really really enjoyed. Great moments with Cody and not Cody um great moments with rex and echo and even rex and yeah, cody yeah. like there's humanizing and like going from the clones perspective of like losing all your brothers every day and you try not to think about it like nobody else knows what it feels like to lose somebody that looks exactly like you mm. over and over and over and over and over again and you're trying to build up these these squads and, and work together and build up that team and um the teamwork right well and, and it definitely hits harder with rex right because yeah. you know we we see so many characters in the 501st yeah that bite the dust right like we could just sit here and, and list off a whole bunch of names right exactly because he was an arc trooper with echo that's where like the, the connection is right isn't it or echo rex? was a, echo was the arc echo trooper. and echo and fives were, were arc troopers together i think was it rex an arc trooper and that's no rex was rex has been a captain since the beginning is it okay maybe i'm just remembering because yeah, yeah. i think one of them was blue which is so why was, yeah fives and echoes, fives and echoes. that's what it was, at the yeah, same yeah. time and i remember that because that line originally <laughs> yes yeah infuriated me mm -hmm. you normal clone troopers have done so good you're both arcs and i'm sitting there screaming that's not how it works yeah but 
It's like there also, is no promotion. The fact yeah, that you are yeah. made the way you are to do job A and job yeah. B. Exactly. When, when your mental faculties are literally limited by the Kaminoans, you cannot advance to arc. But that was also when Legends uh, was still canon, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a very different universe that we were in at that point right. as to now, where it's kind of, I guess, everybody just gets the same mental capacities. Exactly. Um, I think the the echo joining Clone Force ninety nine makes a lot more sense that you know that he's a he used to be an arc trooper because he has that mm -hmm. tactical experience in a small squad that's very specialized. See, ironically, now I just thought of this, mm -hmm. but uh, Warhammer forty k reference time. It it almost feels because arcs beforehand in old canon were you know clone troopers have very limited brain functionality. They kind of just um, they're kind of just grunts. They're they're almost like organic battle droids. Yeah. Um, and then th that was the whole reason why uh, the commandos were really impressive because they had a lot more uh, unlocked f facilities and, you know, they were a lot, they could think a lot more, they're more creative and, you know, that obviously you need that for spec, spec ops teams. Which is similar to the Bad Batch. And, yeah, and, you know, one of the important things about them too was they could actually feel emotions as you kind of see from Omega Squadron. But then arcs were supposed to be just raw Django Fett. Like they literally just pumped, him. Pumped, out, pumped out a new Django Fett. And you're just getting this guy to go in and clean up stuff. Because <laughs> arcs were supposed to be on their own. They yeah. go out on their own. That's why I found it so weird. I'm like, oh, Fives and Echo, you guys are arcs. You're working together. It's just like, why? No. Yeah. You go and, that way. You go that way. And you do your missions. You do your job. That's it. And and then, yeah, right. And the new canon kind of just gives me guardsman mentality where it's like, hey, you've been alive for three months. It's arc trooper time. Yeah. Or it's just kind of the thing where it's like, oh, you've survived long enough promotions because you know you haven't died yet so uh I, you know i know it's not that blunt basically but it's a general it's idea just, yeah it's just kind of kind of a thought in my head i don't mm -hmm. i don't, and honestly though at this point i don't really know which one i prefer because like the legends one made a lot more sense to me but i really dig all the emotions that the clones have yeah i do too like the, it the makes them step more 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 deep as characters and you care yeah, about yeah. the individual clones more than you do in like watching attack of the clones right like you're just like they're just soldiers that explode and die and you know the jedi well, come in and it's also for certain for certain characters right because uh like you can't use the old lore to make dogma right mm. like that just i mean technically you can because that would just be a normal clone trooper at that point but you can't have that ending you know uh mental war with yourself of right. oh god what have i done um kind of a thing so, eh, good yeah. for both. Good. Shout out to D. Bradley Baker, who voices every single clone. <laughs> yeah. To make them so different, and to make them have yeah, their own God. their own mentality and their own like faculty, like it's just man, he that guy's that guy's does an amazing job, you know. Oh, hundred percent, fantastic. And any last points on Bad Batch? <laughs> All right, let's move on to Ahsoka's journey. Let me level with you. You might not think of yourself as a Jedi, but you act like one. Or at least how I want them to be. She's right. We got in over our heads. Without you, we'd be done for. Jedi or not, I consider you my friend. Isn't this sweet? Making friends? Trace and Rafa, back away. So you remember me? Don't worry. Death Watch is gone. And now, you and I have a common enemy. Maul. 
So the second arc we got here is uh, one I don't think we... All of us really didn't enjoy as much, um, but we still got some things in it. I think that really kind of lended itself to um, her journey as a, you know, trying to find her way in the galaxy. So a few things that we get for the story points are Ahsoka crash lands on a maintenance platform on 1313 with her broken speeder. She meets Trace and Rafa, two young mechanics and sisters that are in a lot of debt with the Pike Syndicate. Uh, Rafa takes on a deal with to build up some binary load lifters um, and Trace forgets to put the restraining bolt on one and that one goes rampaging through 1313. Uh, the droid is disabled by Trace and Ahsoka but falls off a platform forcing Ahsoka to make a big Jedi time move and lift the speeder attached to the droid with her force powers. Yeah, because that load lifter was... Um... It was attacking people's rampage, and like you said, and then there was this mother and child. Yes, and she had to save and them. So she had to save them, and then when it fell off, Rafa freaked out. She's like, "No, the droid I worked on for the dude." So the speeder has like a winch, yeah, on it, and they attach the droid, but then that kind of falls too, and it's like, "Oh god, no, nothing's going right." Time for force. Exactly. Um, it's such a good moment to show like the almost order 66 kind of mentality where it's like you don't want to be known as a Jedi, yeah. yeah but you want to be able to help people still because that's who like, you are right those are the moments and because it's still pre-order 66 right but it like is, she's yeah. so done with them she doesn't want to use it so yeah. it's almost like that kyle katarn way of almost splitting yourself off from the force yeah and it didn't seem but, like um, either trace or ahsoka or trace or raza rafa rafa uh really cared about the jedi as we learn about their backstory right even on Coruscant, that's what I find interesting. Where it's just like, oh, Jedi, one of those things or whatever. We haven't really seen one. This is like you're on Coruscant, you haven't seen one. You're on, I say only, but a thousand levels is a lot. But like, mm. this is Coruscant, right? Like, you can find Jedi all over it. Mm -hmm. That's where they be. That's where a lot of their training takes place, whatever, at least in mm. legend stuff. So it's just like that. The fact that you don't see them there, it, it lends credence to the whole like, okay, twenty years later, oh, what are those mystic things? And it's starting, mm. it starting, it's a bit more with stuff like this. I don't know if it's forced or not, but yeah. that is just parts of it. It's just like, oh wow, I guess creative people can do all sorts of things. But if you've got all kinds of ranges of spice and people running around all this, this is like, there's, it still, it still has me like, man, you guys really haven't seen this. You really don't know all those holodramas yeah. are going on. It's like. You guys are on the main center world in the galaxy right now. You haven't seen this? Sh like, I don't care how far down you are. Unless you're, like, at these sub-levels with living with the rat ghouls that are on for Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? But it, and that's kind of that, that interesting gray area. Because, yeah, I feel like it really boils down to how much propaganda do you get bombarded by, mm. you know, on Coruscant, by right? The Republic. Assumably, yeah. it'd be a lot... You'd assume that you it's know. It's effort going on right now. Yeah, you'd assume they'd be blasted by it constantly, so they'd see. It doesn't Jedi seem like the Republic because they don't really need to do propaganda. Because propaganda, like usually, you know, incites, um, you know, faith in the Republic. I guess it would be right, but, but they would also what... like create like um, uh, conscription. Like people would want to join it, right? But no one needs. They don't need people to join because they have a whole bunch of clones. Well, no, yeah, but don't... here's the argument, right? Mm. Because this was the big thing. They don't show in the in the either the episodes of this or beforehand, but it's explained in the books a lot. Where the Senate was having, and just the people in general, because so many people were going through being like, "Dooku's right." 
why are we using human clones for this when we mm. can easily be using droids as well and not sacrificing so many and the, the ethics of the war and everything yeah. like that were constantly being mm. challenged so that's where the propaganda uh, okay. propaganda was really being yeah. first of all it was just like and that's where they're giving heroes like you know the jedi with no fear mm. the negotiator all that stuff it was like no don't be scared we have these guys we have these guys and they're loyal troops supporting them and everything's fine and they'll keep them safe yeah. and we're trying to keep you safe and this is the best we have so you can empathize with them and all that and they're just like and it was a back and forth between that and that's yeah. padme found herself in a lot of that as well yeah so, yeah i mean I plus think, you see sorry uh, plus you see too right the separatists are actively trying to recruit planets all the time yeah. right and so if you don't keep that propaganda up that's true you know you start losing more of your citizens to course or to mm -hmm. the separatists Coruscant can still be in danger so and these this is level 1313 so it's a pretty lower it's like it's quite low in the mm. in the levels on Coruscant so like you can definitely tell like the influence and the the care of the the higher up upper levels doesn't really reach down here mm. um so getting back into this we got the um Raza or Rafa I always say Raza Rafa charges uh, the Twi'lek double for the droids um in a cool underworld under guy or cool guy underworld fashion because now they can pay off their debt and buy some new tools and kind of get into the, the good um, the good races with the pikes, I guess. And so they find that they're going to get hired for a spice transport from the pikes. But do they? Rem I can't remember. Do they remember? Do they know that they are transporting spice, or is it just Rafa that knows? It's Rafa that knows. They don't. She, she doesn't tell. I them. think Trace kind of. She has an inkling, but they don't tell Ahsoka because that that one is just like, oh no, she finds out. Oh god. Yeah. Rafa needs Trace, who is flying the ship, because she knows she's the only one who can fly. Because Rafa, yeah. Rafa can't do it. Um. So she's like, yeah, I need you to fly the ship for this transport job. And then they go into it, and she's like, oh yeah, we have spice. So they're in hyperspace, and um, what happens again to the ship? Noma, you want to refresh my memory on this one? Oh, God, do I have to? It's such a... <laughs> I barely... It's it's a really stupid argument, but all I remember is, like, I think Ahsoka finds out that it's Spice, and she's like, oh, we can't do this. This is immoral. Yes. And then Rafa... Yeah. And then Rafa's like, well, if we don't... If we can't deliver the Spice, then we're going to lose the ship. And for some reason... That makes Trace go, they can't take my ship, and she dumps the Spice in hyperspace. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. <laughs> She's a young kid. I can understand her her quarrel, but at the same time, it's like, oh my god, what did you just do? And it's that's just... what the fallout of this rest of this arc is. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, if you guys can think of one that tops it, please tell me. <laughs> but it is at the top of the stupidest thing, the stupidest actions I have ever seen a character in Star Wars do. And I'm putting <laughs> that above everything Jar Jar does. <laughs> Fucking mind blowing. Dropping I the spice, yeah. I literally was not paying attention to the the conversation that happens afterwards. I had to go back and re-listen to it. Yeah. I don't know why. But I because I would just it blew my fucking mind yeah that that's what happened ed go ahead i got one the top sit and we're gonna be talking about it in the temple archives because <laughs> i'm sitting there during my shift screaming that these people <laughs> are the worst thing to happen to the ascendancy oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay we'll get there. Yeah. looking forward to that <laughs> yeah because they uh, 
Continue. Yeah, I think I know exactly okay. what you're talking about, Ed. Um, so, so this could perhaps be the second. Yes. <laughs> but right now, it's the first. I'll get back to you after greater good. So basically, the whole point uh, like that, that kind of brings up is that when they come out of hyperspace, they're coming towards the Pike Syndicate um, main base, I guess. And uh, do we know what world that is? Sorry, I don't I have it written down here. Where the Pikes live or Kessel? Where they're going. When they come out of hyperspace after they drop the spice in hyperspace. They come down to a world where the pikes are and they get captured basically by the pikes. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Um so the pikes uh, basically capture it. them and so we have oh, Ahsoka. Uh, Aronda? Aronda? Obadiah. 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 I, um, yeah. I, I just I yeah, I can remember it because of Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm pretty sure it's there's something weird. I think it's two words. I think it's Obadiah. Yeah. So we get, uh, yeah, they get captured, and basically the the Pikes are figuring out what to do with them and everything. And then Ahsoka and um, the girls trying to figure out how to way to escape. And as they do, we have um, some Mandalorians come back in, and it seems like it's Bo-Katan and her kind of crew coming in and trying to figure out I what's mean, going on with the Pikes. You say it seems like. I mean, really, who else could it be? <laughs> it could be anybody. But as soon as I saw them, yeah, it was just like, oh, look, blue and yeah, blue and beige. I know what this is. Um, so she can, bone, she's coming in and they're trying to see what's happening. Like, oh, this is interesting. Why is Ahsoka here? And like, what's going on here? So long story short, they basically escaped the Pike Syndicate with the help of the Mandalorians. And um, everything's good with the two girls. And uh, at the end, Bo-Katan asks Ahsoka that uh, can she help free Mandalore from Maul's grasp? Because we find out during the escape that Maul is involved with the Pike Syndicate, and you kind of see the, the start of the um, the Crimson Dawn uh, Syndicate and all the different connections in there. I think we see a little hologram of, um, like, yeah, later a second on. there. We see yeah. one of but, the guy from Solo, the, the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, Dr Dryden Voss comes in. The Dryden next Voss, time. yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. I really enjoyed that. That was a nice oh, little yeah. nod over to the Solo movie. Couldn't oh, remember yeah. if his face was all messed up because the transmit, the hollow... yeah. Projection didn't really is not clear on that, but it's mm. just like, oh, okay. Um, Noma, start us off with this one. All right, yeah, because Ed started us off last time. Noma, you can start yeah. us off this time. Uh, all right, I'm just gonna say this is the worst arc in the season. I, I agree. This I is, agree. This, this is, this is this one is of the, the weakest arc for sure. <laughs> this is an awful arc. This this is just god awful. I love and Ahsoka, I mean, and that's the only reason I liked it. Ah. Well, ah, Ahsoka's arc in this is interesting. It's a little bit disappointing i think just because she just kind of learns to just keep doing jedi like keep acting like a jedi um yeah. but there's nothing that really ever challenges her is she she just kind of pretends once or twice that she's not gonna adhere to jedi values um part of the reason that i i really don't like this arc is there's so much wasted potential because when you actually learn about trace and rana's backstory i was actually on board with them it's for rough, a little huh? bit Rafa, well, I don't care. Hey, Rafa, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're back. No, but, what is their backstory? You want to let us know? Just to give us so, a little bit yeah. of an idea. So it's, it's really cool because it actually ties in the Clone Wars. And this is half yeah. the reason I liked it is um, basically, if you remember way back when Cad Bane takes uh, the Senate hostage. Yeah, uh, no, uh, the Senate hostage. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the one because they, yeah, because Zero the Hut uh, comes into it with uh, the, the escape and the breakout. And at the end of that episode, right? Uh, Cad Bane uh, basically uh, shoots down a shuttle uh, to try and uh, 
Trying to well, he, well, he actually shoots down the shuttle so that Anakin can't chase him. Yeah, if, exactly. He has to save, try and save it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, all the Jedi focus on Cad Bane. Turns out in the shuttle explosion, uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's their mom, right? Yeah. Uh, Trace, yeah, Trace and Rafa. Is that her name? I can't yeah. Rafa, yeah. Rafa, yeah. Trace, Rafa, yeah. Trace and, Trace and Rafa's uh, mother dies, basically, during that. And... Uh, one of the th- one of the reasons I thought it was super compelling is you have people who don't care about the Jedi or the Force at all get approached by a Jedi, yeah. and is basically like, "Hey, I'm sorry, uh, the the situation with Cad Bane was more important than your mom, but she's one with the Force, and it's and that was the moment because and I think it was it was of all people, Luminara yeah. is the one who delivers that, which I was like, why she wasn't part of that." Um, but I, I thought that was a really cool moment because I was like, yeah, they say that and you always know that they mean it. But to someone who doesn't know anything about this stuff. My mom not being important. Like that's the most important person in my life. Well, it also, it sounds like empty platitude. Exactly. It, it sounds like a, like, sorry. Sucks it's not I my, my fault. Job. No. Yeah. Maybe, uh, she's one with the force. Everything's cool. She, she you know, uh, I don't want to say anything. It shows that they're, they're on attachment from things and not realizing. It, like, it, it it really comes off as showing how cold arrogant. and callous they, mm-hmm. yeah, it cold, callous, arrogant. They really come off uh, to some of the, you know, normal people, and that's why, you know, it kind of puts into perspective why some people see Jedi. You know, you get the Han approach, right, where it's like, really, hokey religion and laser swords. Okay, you do your own weird mystic thing. It just lends credence to how so many people could accept that they were actually trying to take over. Yeah, mm-hmm. because if anybody would have interacted and be like, "What? Can you imagine a shop owner guy be like Obi Wan trying to take over this? What? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, that didn't make yeah. never like that." And you have more people like that versus yeah, the fuckers that came over and told me, well, "Yeah, yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, they kill them. Yeah, no, they, they're traitors. Yeah, and, and you get could- more of those." And you'd probably have an easier time convincing people that, yes, they're just part of a crazy cult. Like, yeah, you die. Mm, may the force be with you. Yeah. But the problem is they give you that backstory after I already hate both of the characters. Because yeah. one of them is just a terrible person and the other does the stupidest thing I've ever seen someone do in their <laughs> life. At least when Han dumped the spice, it was because the Imperials were about to, you know, nail him for running a bunch of spice, right? Yeah. So in that case, it kind of makes sense. You don't have any... It's go to jail or dump the narcotics not oh no my ship hit the panic button and just fuck us completely you're coming yeah. out of hyperspace in the pike syndicate anyway and you got and to deal the, with it and then at the same time why do you, do you then land on the pike planet i don't understand that either maybe i missed something because again i was not paying it to, i kind of you know tuned out halfway through i'm pretty sure i was farming gotchas while i was watching them <laughs> but it's just like it's it's such it's such a weird arc mm-hmm. where nothing happens. And the weirdest part is we've seen this arc already because it's just a it's just a more drawn out version of when uh Dooku, Anakin, and, and Obi-Wan are all are kidnapped by Hondo. And it's that same thing. They break out, they get captured, they break out, they get captured. Yeah. They break out outside help is kind of there, and they actually get away. Yeah. It's just it's it's a lot of weird things, and it's just just wasn't it, like we say it wasn't the best arc definitely the and, weakest out of the three and i think one of my big things is if this was done in lost seasons or actually if it was done in lost seasons i'd also probably hate it but if this was done in season five or season four sure I, it wouldn't be as bad 
Yeah, exactly. It's the fact that this is the last season, and Mitch there's four was... episodes devoted to this with characters who don't have any other payoff outside of this arc, mm. and Ahsoka learning a lesson that is basically just her being, I guess I should still be a Jedi, even though I've been acting like a Jedi this whole time. Yeah. And not everybody likes the Jedi. I mean, that part is actually interesting, right? You know, of kind of realizing that there are other views of the Jedi that aren't always, oh, look, we're amazing. Because yeah. that's the view we usually see. Or utter indifference or yeah. outright hatred. But just seeing outright hatred from something that isn't the enemy is kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, I could keep ranting, but uh, I'll, I'll kind of pull it back a little bit. No worries. In terms of nice moments, there's one nice moment. There's a single moment where I was like, oh, that's cool. Which is uh, when they're first leaving Coruscant and they are just bald-faced lying their way past the Admiral Yularen of all people. Yeah, yeah. And Anakin senses Ahsoka. Yeah. And I like that. And she senses, she clearly senses him back and they have a, a little moment that's, uh, a, to me, not quite the same, but a little bit reminiscent of uh, the moment in episode six when Luke and Vader kind of sense each other. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. As the shuttle Tidarium is going down to Endor mm-hmm. a little bit like that. And I was like, you know, those nice little parallels. I like that a little bit. And we get to see a little bit more of Obadiah um, outside of the one castle we saw in uh, lost seasons when Dooku murders the Pike syndicate. Head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they find Saifo and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, know, those are my thoughts. Remember that Lauren's going to head up ISB. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, uh, Two, well, one child and one adult. One, to one be fair, adult. if Anakin like, wasn't there, he would have caught them. <laughs> That's true. He would have actually sent an arrest team after yeah. them. But the the one last thing that I'll say as well is, uh, you know, I was saying before, Bad Batch could have been one episode short. This one could have been two episodes shorter. Sure. Yeah. You you really could have gotten that point across a lot faster. Extra arc in here like. somehow. Right. I mean, yeah. get those three episodes. Show us that Boba Fett, uh, two episode arc that was supposed to be in there, or you know, do something else, which I'll talk about when we get to the next arc that I, I also felt should have been done. But, you know, those are my thoughts overall. A moment that you said that with like the Anakin Ahsoka thing, it also made it like immediately um, obvious to me. It was like in Rebels, there's the part where Ahsoka connects with Darth Vader mm-hmm. and yeah. she realizes who he is. And like that is like that makes that connection on that episode even even more so because you see that connection oh, yeah. in this and then you see that and you're like, oh, here we go. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Ed. What do you think? I don't know why they didn't just do the Ahsoka book for this arc. If they really wanted to have this arc. Because this what they tr- it seems like what they tried to do. Because it still covers kind of the things. And that book still mm-hmm. leads into the, the, the whole thing on Mandalore anyway. Yeah, like the farming so had, stuff that they she was yeah, on the planets and exactly yeah. because it shows her she's like you know what let me distance myself from Coruscant completely if I want to try and restart everything, and there she runs into sisters and all this, and they're not stupid. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the young one is kind of quite brave in what she does, and so I guess spoilers if you hadn't read Ahsoka by now. Mm. I think we actually did a whole time. We didn't. We haven't done it yet. Right? I don't think. Oh, no, we talked about it a lot during yeah. uh, Dark Disciple. I won't get into what the details of it are, but they go through some crazy stuff, which, and they're dealing with their own situations and their own problems on there with, I don't think it, it is Empire at that point, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it I is. believe it is, yes. It's a little yeah, bit later in the story. I guess that's why they couldn't do it. But they, they sort of do, and that's why I, it reminds me of it, because it's almost the same 
sort of line and dealing with this family and they have their their issues and you know she's there as an almost observer but now a part of it and it's just like okay what are you gonna do how are you gonna help and it's never about how am i gonna help mostly it's how do i how do i survive so i think if anything they can relate now the skills she picked up here in terms of just mechanic and everything she got from anakin before and then showing it up here on her own to what she does in her ahsoka book I would say this is pretty pretty close to her leaving the order. Like this is probably yeah. months, if not maybe a year after she left the order. I don't know the exact timeline of like between season seven, six and seven. Yeah. Um. But I would say like this is pretty close. Like she's grown up a little bit. You can see, mm-hmm. right? Um. Her modules have grown a little bit longer too. Mm-hmm. Um. But it just yeah, you're not really sure the timing on this. Mm-hmm. But like, she's kind of starting off her journey as Ahsoka, the the normal person. Yeah, and for Rafa and Trace, like once I I, I kind of get I get Rafa. Hey, Rafa. Barely, barely. <laughs> I, 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 Rafa. Under, I understand. You can understand because, where she's coming from. It, she, that she, and her, though, at the same time, because yeah. now that Mama's gone and you have your little sister, it's all about. It's like, well, I can't do what I want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm a little mad, and yeah, I'm a little mad at you. But at the same time, I understand the responsibility that I now have. Oh. Right? I have to keep both of us safe. Then, but I'm going to make all the worst decisions in order for us to do this. Yeah, she makes it like, yeah, she's awful with making decisions. Because you start off right. You start off right. You start up the laundromat and everything mm. like that. You know, it's like some legit thing. Uh, and then I'll do a repair on the side to like extra funds or whatever. Still legit. And then the bullshit starts happening, and you don't say no. And then more bullshit starts happening, and you don't say no. And you're dragging your little sister into it now, and it's just like, oh no, but you can help me. It's all good, right? See how good I am for you. Yeah, you shut up. I know what I'm doing. Don't don't worry about it. And then you you start indoctrinating her to be like, oh no, you're fine. You know what you're doing. So when anybody else comes, this it's like, what the fuck is going? on? And they're like, oh no no no, but she knows what she's doing. And it's like, no, she doesn't. And then you have to, and she's so ready to double deal and double cross and lie to everybody yep. that it's like. When Ahsoka comes through, she's like, you can't do that. And she's just like, oh, no, but I can, though. Ah, God damn it. Now I know I can't. Now she's making me think about it again. I don't want to think about it again. Can you go away? Because it's like now you're being faced with every bullshit you in your looking doing. your I mean, responsibilities. Exactly. Because you've been not ignoring them, but you've been casually this like, they're over there and I refuse to look. Yeah. And I won't look. And somebody's fully gone. Oh, so, yeah. So now I'm not going to like... You know, repair the droid for the guy. Oh, he's evil. Yeah, but if I don't do it, somebody else will. And at least I can get something out of exactly, it. And yeah. I'm justifying my way to it, where I'm still not the worst person. But, you know, I have a reason for me doing the bad thing. So you can't get mad. Yeah. And it's just like, fine. <laughs> and then you get the bullshit with the pikes. And it's just like, you don't learn. And now you're just making it worse. Now your sister's an idiot. <laughs> now everything is going wrong with her, yeah. and no, she. But she's scared because she doesn't know anything else. You've kept her on this tender hook of, we're, we're fine, we're fine. Oh, we got out of that one. Oh, we got out of that You're one. You're basically sheltering her. Exactly too much and in the wrong way. And so for the fact that the first time she's in a situation with her stuff being being messed up and she doesn't know how to cope with it like you do because you're so shut up in your own thing and you're just like no you're fine don't say i did everything you're fine now it comes with like oh god i don't know what to do i know what to do and i don't know what to do we're not fine oh god okay we're fine yeah hit the release button like it gives her a bit of it's still no like no you're right she's still Hmm. idiot but at that point to me it gives her like 
this is the first time she's had control in probably years ever or a, a good time from when mama was around so from that and she doesn't know what to do so she she wants to protect Damn her it. ship her sister everything i'm in charge now i know what to do um um no space and because ahsoka has been yap yap yapping in her ear mm. they've been working on everything see what a good person you can be spice bad spice wrong sister wrong doing mm. bad you know be bad mm -hmm. you be me oh i like you i be you oh you know likes but <laughs> oh sorry i was saying yeah i right. like my i like my ship i don't like bad things spice bad and then just yeah slam button it's yeah. like these are Ugh. that's the thought process in quick time right so from there it's just like oh no that was the bad thing but now we're in jail right and rafa's mad at you now and she's you know you kind of got every right to be mad at you now but i know that you're jedi and oh, right? that's much later but <clears throat> yeah. yes with all of that it's just like i can sympathize with them and i understand their situation my problem not problem my issue is why make them human Coruscant's supposed to be a bunch of different everybody from across the galaxy mm -hmm. like that you know she's already an alien she's already dealt with so many humans in the jedi order and everything like that why not make them a couple of zabrak why not make them a couple of just random random race you want to bring i feel like it's because you'd feel more relatable like they feel more relatable as humans that's the only reason i can think of it because, like, if you see human kids versus human aliens, I mean, depending on... I don't know. I, I feel like it's more relatable if you have the humans. What? <laughs> I don't what? know. I'm just, I'm just saying, like... No, 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 if backtrack you, there. Yeah, if you, you, have, if, you know what? If you have the human... Like, okay, if a kid is watching this show, right, and they see the humans, they can relate to those more than aliens. The human aliens? No, the aliens. Oh. Yeah, ah, my, the children my aliens one, is what I meant to one, say. Did I say human aliens? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I meant to say children. I was like, "What are you doing?" Child aliens. Yeah, it's not human aliens. Sorry, my bad. My, my one brain. counter argument to that would be: as soon as I saw Plo Kloon as a kid, he was my favorite. I don't even remember that. Oh yeah, he, no. like I granted, I only saw him in a video game. Well, I saw oh, him in a video I game see, first, okay. right? Jedi yeah. Power Battles. I love but that as game. soon as I saw him, I went, "Oh, he's the coolest." Yeah, oh, I, I thought you meant like Plo Koon as a child. Him, but but oh, no, 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 no. like when I was a child, I yes, saw yes, Plo yeah, Plo he looked really cool. And especially yeah. for what I might be wrong. I'm just yeah, saying that might be the only reason I can think of. Maybe, yeah, I mean, it could be right. And it's and it's solid. It, like I understand it, but like seeing what Disney is trying to do and all oh, inclusive everybody and mm. all the things and you know welcome everybody and it's just mm. like this is your perfect opportunity to do that, especially if you want to have this as a kids thing now. Yeah, right. And you <laughs> go weak sauce on it at that point. You chicken yeah. out. It's like Rafa and thing. You even gave them. I, I'm sorry for this, but you gave them Latino sounding names and then made them like darkest brown. It's just like, oh, I think they so try to go Latino for these characters, though, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look at the name. I mean, I mean like, yeah, with the names, but they didn't really look at it. And then go look at Rafa again and then tell me tell me no. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, okay. yeah, actually, okay. yeah, she gave me Sombra vibes. So, and yeah, and, and even the fact of how she talked, the piercing mm. she had, everything like that, it's like you're, you're trying to make the Latino. I'm like, what are you doing? It's do, like, do we have to... Oh, sorry. Before we continue, do we, have, do we have to uh, do we have to point out to Twitter that two thirds of the podcast are ethnic minorities, so we're allowed oh, to say this? I am righteous. Just to cover our asses here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm righteous fury here at this point. That's true. I'm You're... Excited, though, because like, that's unnecessary, and that if anything is reinforcing terrible shit. 
that you shouldn't be doing. You know what I mean? Because you'll have uh, Buzz Bonteri or whatever he is, the one that Ahsoka was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, look at him. He's going to be a senator. He's like, what did he look like? Dan, I'm sorry, he kind of looked like you. Yeah, honestly. And, and for that, it's like, so, so anyway, he's I'm like, going to the shit out of that the next celebration. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm seeing what you're, you're saying. That's a, oh boy. And you have, oh, of course, on 33. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Nobody else could be here, but oh, God. Yeah. Like, I, I saw it the first time. Pretty it bad. Oh, because that's, an, that's what I'm saying. Use an alien then. You can yeah. kind of yeah. get around that at that that's point. A, kind yeah. of, no, no. I think, I think we joke about that. Yeah, me, I, yeah me. I, I think we've joked about that too in uh, in Return of the Jedi. As much as I love that space battle, mm. it's just the the two the one Asian guy pilot and the one black pilot that are in that battle both yeah. die yeah. in like the same two minutes. <laughs> yep. like, no, yeah. See, and so like that that it's just to me, it's just like you tried to be diverse in the mm. wrong way. You kind of reinforce the stereotypes. To a degree. And look at it, right? Just go fast and furious with what they're they're repairing in the laundromat, they're repairing stuff on the side mm. and all this. And what are they into? Oh, with the with the syndicates and all them and all this. And it's just like Right. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. man. Like the That's entire point. Oh, the Honestly, you say this is like, holy shit, you're totally right. And I'm like, wow. Well, look at the even even to a degree, and I don't think this was on purpose, but look at the difference between Sagarera and Mon Mothma. In terms of which one has the cleaner rebellion, right? <laughs> because they're both going around murdering people, right? Not, and Saw has a right to be angry. Look what happened. Oh, yeah, on Honduran. Yeah, that shit is. Yeah, yeah Honduran was in, was. Oh fucked, no! You know? But we must talk to all the worlds and get everything together while I wear my. <laughs> wait till wait till we get to the uh, the um, sequel uh, or prequel tie-in novel to Rogue One, uh, Rebel Rising. Mm-hmm. It's you guys will like it. I think. It has a lot to I do mean, with Saw. At this point, we're also just digging holes that I don't even think exist anymore. I'm just yeah. doing it for the, for the, yeah, the yeah. funny parts. But isn't it also funny that the one Jedi who can go dark side and survive is Quinlan Boss and Mace Windu? <laughs> and with that said... <laughs> like I said, I'm literally just digging holes that I don't think exist yeah. anymore. Hey, hey Twitter, <laughs> if you want to get, get in contact yeah, with us, exactly, listen right? to us at the end of the episode to find out how you can yell at us. You want to listen to how we're going to get canceled at this rate? Uh, right. All right. But I'm just saying, like that. that's my... That was the one thing that couldn't I couldn't really take it seriously. Yeah. Even with all the dumb shit happening at that point, it was just like, you know, and really you had to put that. And then that's why I was like, that's why you're saying Raza. That's why you're saying Reza. That's why you're oh, it's like, because why? Because why? Oh, it's 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 close, right? And it's getting there. Mm-hmm. And then you have what? What's Martez? The, the whole last alien name, yeah. race, the whole bunch of Obi Wan Kenobi and yeah. Skywalker and and Storm Marquez, Chaser, Marquez, yeah. fuck off! No, yeah. I got really angry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and and again, right? If we're gonna keep going, keep drawing those parallels, look at the other characters who are, you know, clear ethnics, right? Voss, Windu, right? It's like they do; those do sound like real Star Wars name, or not real, but you know. Mm. They're more in line with what we hear yeah. for Star Wars. With names. the universe. Guerrera. Right? Yeah, right? Like, and then, yeah, Martez. Guerrera's a stretch, <laughs> but even still. I... So, any other thoughts about Ahsoka's journey? Uh, the hey, next journey is better. Great. Yeah. <laughs> a few points that I wanted to make through this was I thought that the conflict with Ahsoka and what we were talking about before of like her trying to not show that she's a Jedi, but also come to terms with that she that's who she is as a person like she is a force user 
um mm. and like making those choices to save people versus you know just not letting that ha like letting people die because you want to you know save yourself um i thought that was pretty good um i love the mandalorian part with bo katan i like all the like infiltration stuff i don't know but you're like before you're like yeah man like they're really undercover with their Mandalorian helmets on with a oh, hood that, over their that head. That bugs me a lot. Yeah. We are undercover to infiltrate the Pikes. Our disguise is a hood where you can still see the T-visor. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, eh. But then, it, well, and the other reason that that really bugged me, granted, this came out afterwards, so I can't, you know, give it too much flack. But then all of a sudden in Mandalorian, they're perfectly fine with spying on Din outside of their armor. Well, they also, right. they also take their helmets off when they talk to Ahsoka at the end of this arc. Like, oh, yeah, but, Ka but, but Casca Reeves is straight up just watching Din without her armor on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. got the whole robe thing on. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. got the hood on and everything, but she's got nothing else, yeah. Right, and she's also a night owl, but I guess in the prequels they hadn't learned that if you take off your mask, people might not realize you're a Mandalorian yeah. in the first five seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think this set up, the end of this arc really set up the Siege of Mandalore stuff and, like, Darth Maul and everything. And the main thing that I really liked was seeing that Pike Syndicate with the Darth Maul ties to the Crimson Dawn and like all these little small threads that were being we uh, woven together. Mm. Week to week, this was painful to watch. Watching it again <laughs> as... No, no, no. Don't even say watching it again. As someone who has watched this arc for the first time for this podcast, in a row, like watching it back to back was painful. Yeah, imagine week to week. It was pretty bad. I mean, for me yeah. at least. Week to week was probably worse, I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you keep you expecting don't... something to finish and get yeah. to the next thing, and yeah. it doesn't. And it repeats a lot with like the escape, get caught, escape, get caught. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we're also kind of biased because we did see the lost reels right yeah before they came out so we know that we missed a boba fett two-parter there's a few things in there that we missed like in the the um asaz ventress as a bounty hunter stuff that we came dark disciple those cutscenes were great those the animatics were great um noma do you want to get us into the siege of mandalore i feel like you um have a lot of passion behind this arc and i figure you can summarize it better than i could Oh, why? Because it's the best arc of the series. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you the 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 honor of sure. helping us with the siege of Mandalore. Look at them, so blissfully ignorant. Care to tell me what this is all about, or would you rather save it for the council? <laughs> oh no, you are the one that I wish to speak with. Were you not cast out of your order? I left voluntarily. Yes, but you were motivated to leave by the hypocrisy of the Jedi Council. We were both tools for greater powers. I am here to bring you to justice. Justice is merely the construct of the current power base. A base which, according to my calculations, is about to change. And Darth Sidious is behind it? He is behind everything. In the shadows, always, but soon, very soon. He will reveal himself. With your help, the Jedi can stop Sidious before it's too late. Too late? For what? The Republic to fall? It already has, and you just can't see it. There is no justice. No law, no order, except for the one that will replace it. The time of the Jedi has passed. 
They cannot defeat cities. But together, you and I can. Every choice you have made has led you to this moment. Uh, yeah, so this arc, Siege of Mandalore, is it's really good. It's really good. It ties it all together. First arc of the season. Granted, I will say afterwards, I do have a couple critiques <laughs> of it, but, you know, can't dunk on as much. So, uh, yeah, so basically, it starts off with a really interesting battle, and man, the quality from the last arc to this arc just shoots up 300%. It looks so much better. It sounds so much better. I'll, go, I'll gush over that later on. But basically, we start on a bridge battle and uh, on the planet of Yurbana with Obi-Wan and Anakin winning the day. They both get a message, head back to the ship, uh, find out that Ahsoka and Bo-Katan want to talk with them. And they have a little talk that basically boils down to, you know, Bo-Katan's asking for help because she doesn't have the numbers to siege Mandalore. Republic doesn't really want to get involved in another war, but they do eventually agree that they do need to capture Maul since he is a renegade Sith Lord at this point. So Anakin is basically trying to figure out how to give parts of the 501st to Ahsoka since she's no longer a Jedi, so she's not, you know, commander. Um, and they get around that by promoting Rex to commander and then deploying a huge chunk of the 501st to Mandalore. Uh, and they're the only ones who can do it. And they have a really good reason for it, which is that as they're trying to do this, the Battle of Coruscant starts. And we get a really cool Easter egg that I, I love. I love that they point out this Easter egg. And I wish it was a little bit more concrete so we could know uh, whether the whole thing's legit or not, but I'll talk about that afterwards. Um, but yeah, the Battle of Coruscant starts, so Obi-Wan and Anakin and the rest of the fleet have to go. So from there, we get the Siege of Mandalore, which we get a lot of other cool little Easter eggs. Uh, like, you know, we get Young Ursa Ren, which is really cool. Talk about that a little bit later as well. And uh, yeah, they are fighting against uh, Prime Minister Almac, and they, as far as I can remember, they only ever say his last name, but I'm pretty sure it's Gar Saxon from Rebels. Young Gar Saxon, basically. You're right. Um yeah, and uh, so basically they're the ones who are trying to uh, hold Mandalore while Bo-Katan and the 501st and Ahsoka are trying to take it. Uh, that fight goes pretty quickly. You know, clones and uh, night owls versus uh, De sad Death Watch at this point. Um, yeah, like remnant of Death Watch almost. There's a lot of cool fights, but it is a very one-sided fight. And uh, the only real hiccups that come up is Ahsoka tries to track down Maul, uh, gets outmaneuvered by Maul, and, uh, you know, he shows up, has a little speech where he's basically like, wait, I, who, who are you? I, you're not the Jedi I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so they have a little fight, very, very short fight. Yeah, that ends with Maul just piecing out, and they try to track him down again. A whole bunch of other stuff happens. You get a second fight. This fight is just so good. So it's basically the, basically the entire Phantom Apprentice episode is just so amazing. But in a nutshell, we basically get Maul orchestrates a bunch of things to get Ahsoka alone so that he can basically say, hey, I know who the real enemy is. Like, we were both betrayed by the people we were supposed to have trust us. Together, we can take out Darth Sidious. And it's actually a pretty compelling argument, especially with all the things that he ends up revealing, mm -hmm. where it's like, wow, he knows how most, like, he doesn't know all the steps, but he knows the the main points of the of the plan and he even goes so far as to say hey i had a vision i know who anakin skywalker is he's going to be the guy who replaces dooku you know i was replaced by dooku Dooku's going to be replaced by anakin and unfortunately that makes ahsoka you know basically completely turn against them they have the 
one of the best lightsaber fights I've ever seen. And it ends with Ahsoka being able to capture Maul and uh, take him back to, uh, we'll try to take him back to the Republic. And at that point, you know, the clones kind of marshal out leave Mandalore. We get some nice talks with Ahsoka and Bo-Katan about all this stuff. And we get a cool Easter egg as well. We'll get into that later and how they transport them all. But uh, yeah, disaster kind of strikes because on the way back, we uh, we get Order 66 com- coming up and Rex and the 501st all turn on Ahsoka. So she spends the next episode trying to evade them and then eventually managing to capture Rex and try to figure out what's wrong because she knows that he shouldn't be acting like this. And Rex actually manages to leave a cool little trail of clues that lead to her learning about the inhibitor chips. So she basically tosses Rex into a medical bed, has some cool moments to get the chip to activate, and uh, gets that out of him. So he turns back to good guy. And then we also learn now how in Rebels and beyond that, you know, he was explaining that he had his inhibitor chip removed. Now we know how. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we get a really kind of really tense especially since we know what's going to happen to all these characters at this point but a really really tense standoff with rex and ahsoka and jesse and the remains of the final oh first and it's it's rough it, it's rough seeing this back and forth and you know ahsoka is adamant on we're not going to kill any of the clones rex i'm not going to make you kill your brothers mm-hmm. especially in your own legion and it gets right down to the wire she lets maul out to escape to cause a bunch of distractions maul does some insane stuff where he rips apart the hyperdrive and we get some cool stuff from that I want to talk about as well. But yeah, basically ends with, uh, through a series of insane events, Maul manages to escape, and then Ahsoka and Rex manage to escape, and unfortunately everybody else dies as the Venator basically slams into a planet. And uh, we get a very melancholic ending, basically, where it turns out Rex and Ahsoka came back to bury all the clones and make a little memorial. And then that melancholy just gets hit with even more sadness, because the very end of this season, which I love, is Vader... And the new 501st, I assume, finding the wreckage, what looks like years later at this point. And Vader finds the rusted and pitted saber of Ahsoka that she left behind. But it seems from, you know, the scene that he thinks that she died in the Vader explosion, which also makes sense because of lines that we get in Rebels later on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like a whole, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about. So much stuff to talk about. One of the best things about this arc that I love is that it is literally happening at the same time that episode three is happening. Yes. And you get to see those parallels and see it get drawn out. And it's 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 heartbreaking knowing everything that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, thank you, Noma. Ed, yeah. Do you want to start us off with this one? Sure. One thing I want to say, it's, it's funny to see that after everything that happened between Maul and Savage and Sidious and all that, and he was just like, I still have use for you how he was able to still get to here and then mm. still almost mess it up again. Yep. And it was like, you, Sidious played that so dangerously where it's just like, what if he had said yes? If he had phrased it just a little differently and said, yes, we could have had an entire different thing. I'd love to see some kind of alternate universe. Yeah, yeah Star Wars, what if? Myth- mythologies, yeah. yeah. That would be cool. But um, I agree with Nolan on a lot of this where... Up until it was during in the tunnels where Maul had led them, like a sewage mm-hmm. system almost. And when she gets to that one point, it reminded me of the Batman Court of Owls thing, where you're just being oh, turned yeah. around and around and around, and you're constantly getting this thing and you're hearing this, and it's just like you're going nuts. Because Maul had that same thing where Savage was trying to find him down in the pits, mm-hmm. and he was just hearing the voices, and the snake guy was being all uh, mysterious and all that stuff, like right. So when he finally shows up, and it's just like. Maul, 
Oh God. Yeah, I was expecting Kenobi. Who are you? What is this? What is this? What is? <laughs> and to now have him alter his mind because, like, if it was Kenobi, would he have? Re- would he have said all this stuff? And if he had, mm. Obi Wan would be more level headed to actually believe him after all the stuff they've been through. Mm. And Plus, re- like, reinforcing what Dooku said too, right? Especially right because Dooku's already said like, "No, let's take him," and it's the same guy, and I know what he's up to, and everything. Again, maybe Anakin wouldn't have killed him. Maybe he would have. Ah, he probably would have at that point. If he was alone, he could be like, oh, full dark side in front of the guy. I've been telling all my dark side stuff too. <laughs> no, he probably wouldn't have survived two seconds, right? But again, like you were saying, it's so tragic because it's easy to make all these parallels and these what ifs because we know what happens. This is like, okay, no, but just change this and everything's different. Just change this and everything's different. It Sorry, still makes it, it still makes it like, like Noma was saying before, like, we know what the outcome is of all this, but the intensity of this arc was still there the entire it, way through. It holds it's, up. It, it's Yeah, it's that tantalizing point too, right? Because as people who have seen all the movies mm-hmm. and we know what's going to happen, like you know Maul's right. That's the main point, right? Where so it was just like, like, why would I trust you, a word of a guy like you? A, and a, you can't ex- falter for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you can't. And and plus, she brings up an excellent point at the the end of their duel because right, all the things he's saying they're completely true. Everything he's saying is right. You know, he makes great points. This is part of the reason I love how how Dark Side Maul is because Ahsoka points out, you know, because he says we could have killed Sidious at the end, and then Ahsoka says, yeah, and you would have taken his place. Yep. And that's the moment where like she's in the right. Yeah. And I'm a hundred percent behind it because she realized that. Right. Because at that point, you you figure it's like if it's an issue, why aren't you telling everybody? Why aren't you going out and making this public knowledge? Be like, no, this is going to happen. And I, it's like, well, how do you know? Because I was with, like, I know. I know. It's like, oh, shit. Well, if you know, then we should go tell him. Thanks, man. Good guy. Well, shit, that's not what I want. No, yeah, I want yeah. to all over If you. he really so, felt yeah. that he yeah. wanted to take down Sidious, he could have gone. <laughs> he done it. He could have done what Asajj did, is go to the Jedi Council. Exactly. I don't yeah. know how that would have gone down because he murdered Qui-Gon <laughs> Jinn. But... You know what? Obi-Wan is such, such a level-headed jedi i feel like he would have it would have taken an insane amount of convincing but i think he would have accepted it i think i think you're right but ed you see what else did you enjoy about this like what are some points that you wanted to talk about mandalore (laughs) after what happened with pre vizsla i feel like death watch shouldn't even been called a thing anymore Because it, it it's not Death Watch, it's Mall Watch, or it's it's Maul's Marauders at that point, maybe because mm-hmm. they change up the whole style of their outfits, everything like that, and their fighting style. What there is Mandalorian anymore? They're still warrior. There's still anybody in a suit that can hold a gun and blast. The, they're like Buddy from first episode of Mandalorian who has Boba's armor, right? Oh yeah, like you're not Mandalorian, you're just that because already that such pacifist place is going to that Bo-Katan coming through with conviction, knowing that she's in the right. A lot of this, I remember as I go back to the season, I went back to it a few times, but it was mostly for that lightsaber fight and the philosophy mm. between that, because that's the biggest point for me here. But seeing how they captured Maul after all the craziness they did on the, on the beams and the walkway. That was it's awesome. Like, it's like, okay, so you're able to capture somebody like this. I granted he's not mechanical like Grievous, who'd somehow probably find a way out. Oh yeah, most that. likely. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, you have him. Why even transport him at that point? 
You know what I mean? If you have a lockup thing there, I would keep them in the command room or whatever it is you're talking with or, or wherever your most securest site is mm-hmm. rather than be like, okay, let's ship him back now. So it's just like, nah, we let's make sure everything is taken care of now and then give him back. So I feel like that was rushed maybe because all that conversation was still going on. So it's like, you know, let's go and talk about this. If not with the Jedi, maybe with the actual like Grand Republic, Grand mm-hmm. Army of the Republic. But then, you know, who leads that? And obviously, if he had released a little bit more, and again, this is what if, so I'm not even going to go mm-hmm. into that again. But see, this last arc for me was just, here you go. Here's the last hurrah. Have fun. And yeah. I know it's going to hurt, but have fun. as it was like you you hear me right now being like you know this one thing this one thing this one thing change everything because i've seen those images of like what if anakin didn't go dark side he had Mm. the kids with padman it was fine and then you see young skywalker with a blade or luke with a blade and then leia up on you know her death lap just trying to play with Mm. her hair or whatever and it's just like it could have been what could have been we could have had it it. we could have had it which too selfish and a bunch of other bullshit i think it's two factors it's maul being yeah incredibly selfish and wanting everything for himself and and i feel like this has been coming up a lot more since episode three came out it wasn't as apparent in the beginning but mace windu is just trying his damnedest to just destroy the jedi council Every step of the way. Like, I can watch the moment when he says, sorry, citizen, you're not important enough to tell things. And you just see Ahsoka just lose any interest in warning them about what Maul said. Yeah. It's just like, dude. You just, yeah, self-sabotage on that one, buddy. He's constantly just making, that whole council constantly is making the wrong decision. They they have the longest streak of wrong decision-making for supposedly savant people who can see stuff. And it's just and, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was, was going to say, like, uh, adding on to that, Kiari Mundi is also... Two brains. Just, yeah, two brains. Incredibly stupid, <laughs> especially during the Ahsoka trial. But yeah, sorry, that was my one point. So. Because it's just like, if you guys have all day to fucking sit around and deliberate and go over almost every possibility, you still choose the worst one? Mm. The hell kind of counsel are you at this point? Like, he... Yo, mm, it's like <laughs> blasphemy to talk bad about Yoda, but like now that we see High Republic and how much you've been around, it just makes it more glaring that like, all this knowledge you have. I don't care how clouded mm. the Force is or whatever. At this point, use your goddamn experience. You've been around for how long? You see yeah. how shit goes down like this. How did people come together the last time? Did it work? Why did it work? Why didn't it? Pause us on this, and I'm gonna move us back to the Siege of Mandalore. Sorry. We could talk about this for no, hours. I know. I know. Yeah, but it is a good point, it right? Is, of all it people, is. Yoda, the guy why? who was around during High Republic should have seen it yeah. coming. But, so, yeah. with with Siege of Mandalore, yeah, that's all I have. Really, it's like you're right. Best lightsaber fight in a long time. Oh yeah. Um, oh, and it oh was my God. Yeah. Did you see the behind the scenes on this? It was choreographed with yes. Ray Park mm-hmm. as doing all the moves, it and they did back. a mocap for him. And then Sam Witwer voiced it over, so you had both of them working together again, like they did on Solo. Mm-hmm. And then we had like the fight was actually choreographed and actually fought out with mocap. It wasn't done digitally. Oh yeah, and you can tell at the first 100%. the first position that Maul gets into is the same one from Episode One where he kind of holds oh, yeah. the map out and yeah. has the hand line him. It's just like okay, that one like you can you can it's see so the movement. Good. even the movements happen. It's all Ray Park. 
and it, it tickled a bone that I haven't felt. That sounds weird. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but we have to put this as uh, an explicit tag now. Yeah, right. It tickled the desire that I haven't seen since I think Fallen Order, basically of all games. Fallen Order, dude. I one of my favorite things for any lightsaber design in the world is if you have a dual saber and it's got an asymmetrical hilt, mm. like both ends look different. Just fucking 10 out of 10 yeah. every time and so when maul activated his lightsaber and went oh my god it's asymmetrical i just <laughs> my I brain love loves that. it yeah it was so cool but yeah. uh yeah like i don't know about you guys maybe it was just more obvious for me because i've you know done animation you know flex it over mm -hmm. here but as soon as the battle started i could immediately tell it was full mocap because oh, yeah. it is so smooth Ooh, yeah and you can see all of the arc movements like if you ever watch the clone the wars frames. uh well it, it's just it's just smooth the whole yeah. way through like you can see they had reference for every single frame yeah because clone wars uh lightsaber fights which i do love still but it's it's very fast right you've got yeah you've got these yeah. you've got these big static hit moments and then it's just a really fast blur uh you know the fact that unfortunately the, we don't do video on these things it's almost so the audio uh, uh, it's almost robotic out, but... where it's just like it's so accurate it's like here and then like a second later it's like under like on the bottom and like on the it's, side it... it's like super quick movements it's kind of in between it's it's like it's realistic but it's very cartoonishly pushed towards yeah. speed yeah. Speed is guy, right he shows yeah. it off the best because you have to animate each yeah. of those and you can see it the way he's spitting one and laughing and mm -hmm. trying to do the things it's very like oh god like you're terrified but you know it's just like yeah that wouldn't yeah. Really happen and that's and that yeah that's actually perfect because you actually i kind of read my mind because the two best examples of that i can see are absolutely pong Krell. Um, and Sidious on uh, Mandalore. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because when, when you watch how fast he's moving, like, mm. he is just lightning incarnate, right? And just seeing that versus Rebels, where it's much, you know, more like the originals, it's much slower and more kind of methodical. Yeah. But it just, it looks very slow, right? But then watching Phantom Apprentice, where it's just this beautiful middle and you barely ever see that, like, Swotor gets kind of close, but they edge more towards the uh, Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, style where it's it's a it's faster because you know it's not the full mocap yeah that Despite. it's so beautiful and the whole this whole final arc they amped up everything like as soon as they start the battle on yurbana it looks five times more beautiful oh yeah I don't, mm. it's a mix of the texture shaders and again i'm getting into just the stuff that i just Art stuff. <laughs> learned about uh yeah it's the texture shaders and i'm sure the, the render engine they were using like arnold or one of the, the super high quality ones that i don't even know about because you know it's probably been released after i graduated like the lighting on it the texture maps on the characters you can literally see diffusion maps that are like Hot, like lights and darks on Ahsoka's face mm -hmm. where I can pick out the texture in her orange skin. It's fucking mind-blowing how intense it is. And later on, when you're seeing the grime streaks on them that are getting their own light diffusion, like it's just, it's again, so cool. these are just things that crazy people like me are seeing or, you know, if you're in this industry yeah. or you, you know, learned about this industry. But the amount of money they put into this to make it look amazing is just phenomenal. It's because the fans were asking for it for years. They exactly. were saying, bring Clone yeah. Wars back. And they wanted to do it, and they wanted to do it in the way that they wanted. They wanted to end it on their terms, which they yeah. did. Because hmm. there's one more point I want to make, and it's when, after Rex has his chip out, and they're standing on what's, it's either the command table or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're having the standoff with the other clones, and you can hear Rex pleading with them. And Ahsoka and goes into that complete form three where she's just like, yeah, we're not going to kill him. And she starts deflecting everything and then pulls the same, it was like, 
I forgot what they call it in episode three when Anakin and Obi-Wan was like, are we doing the thing? We're doing the thing. And they make the hole in the ground. Yeah. And they go and they oh, get down. yeah. Uh, but we're, so it's just like, yeah, get behind <laughs> me. What? No, get behind me. What are we doing? Ding, 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 yeah. And just gone. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I, I had to... The way that was done, too, was beautiful. Because yeah. they were they shoot, they shooting fire at from all sides. Yeah. Mm. All sides. So it's just like, he had to, oh, man. Get out of there. That was I, beautiful. I was... I was immediately reminded of two things, and one's going to be a spoiler for Dan, I apologize, but it's also been so many years that at the same time, because what it reminded me of was, yeah, exactly, the Obi-Wan Anakin thing, but as soon as she did that, I was like, oh my god, she's channeling Kreia. It's like, oh, this is amazing, man. It was just... Because oh, like, man. if you want to go in lighting and stuff like that, there was there was damaged stuff in that mm. room already, so as like the steam and smoke was rising from all that, and I've and as it was reflecting off of the saber, so you Beautiful. could see like the blue flashes in the ball, oh, and because oh, yeah. they're already shooting blue, right? It's just like everything that, so they're just shadowed after a while in the middle of yeah. that room. And it, uh, I don't there know, are there are. Right? Oh yeah, there are so many little beautiful moments. There's one that I love when Ahsoka is going to track Maul the second time, where there's a dead clone, and even though he's dead, there is a huge wisp of smoke coming out of his chest. It's mm -hmm. huge, but it's not obvious. You have to look at it. And it's a trail that goes. It's it's huge because it goes. I'm sorry, bad Englishing. It's huge because it's very long. It's just a it's a very long uh, trail of smoke that goes up about halfway up the screen. But it's just there, and it's there the whole shot. And that costs a lot to render that while you're doing a camera movement. And then there's uh, the other moment that I remember. I don't know why. It just really stood out to me. There's a moment in the the final kind of battle with the sad Mandalorians uh, with Gar Saxon, and he's just blasting away at people with his... Uh, his weapon's really cool. It's like a sniper rifle, blaster rifle. Mm. Um, and it just looks be so beautiful. Like the light textures off his yellow visor and off the, the gun, and you can see it changing as the blaster bolts are going. And it's just... It's just ugh. I could I could go on for a long time about how beautiful it is, but we'll have an interview with some eggs. of the people that worked on it maybe one day, and then <laughs> no, you can be, just, just be me ranting for two and a half hours. With everything about it, it's still the fact that it's so visually compelling just puts another layer of that. I don't know. It makes your mind again go into mm. that like, oh god, everything's You're, so tense now. You're yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no uh, sorry, I was sorry. <laughs> I cut you off there, but it's it's your mind recognizes the quality, right? It's like if anyone. Uh, listening or if you guys have seen the Astartes uh, videos really really amazing fan made Warhammer 40k videos and you can look at that and look at the other stuff that has come out for 40k and immediately tell the difference right and you like it that much more because it looks so amazing because this is the one where they're going to the, basically the one guy in the middle of the room who you could just yeah. the psyker who could just like destroy everyone yes yeah. yeah the, the two See? gold things and I already yeah. know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it sticks right hey, what were you saying Oh, I would. Yeah, I was gonna just finish up the point with the the, the, the aesthetic just being mm. so compelling that you can't. It, like, no one's saying it's crazy going from the episode with the with the family or the two the the sisters to mm. this. But the biggest shock was just seeing and this. It was. It's, I don't know if it's so much Easter egg or just seeing Anakin with like the mullet now kind of. Oh yeah. Out, episode three here. Ready, ready for the episode three stuff. You see mm. Obi Wan with the full everything now it's just like he's been having he's had that for a while but now it's now it's cemented okay mm. their armor is gone so they're just in robes again because they have to be and that's like if it's close to the end of the war shouldn't you be even more armored out at this point so all these things start to really come back you're like oh god mm. all right everything is coming to a head at this point like there's no more okay here's what was happening in between in between like this is it so it's like you, you know this is it you have to prepare yourself again mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. for all that stress to come through so
There's... One, one thing that really surprised me, sorry, uh, one thing that really surprised me just in terms of beautiful aesthetics, we see Grievous for a full three seconds. He looks amazing. Oh, yeah. It's just like, look, pretty Grievous. You'll never see him again. Yeah, <laughs> like... he's gone. <laughs> the thing that I want to talk about with this was, oh, my God, so much. There is there oh, yeah. is so much. The one thing that I really loved, the connection between episode three and this, was the part when Ahsoka and like Windu are talking on the hollow call, and she asks for Anakin. Right, and he's like, "Oh, he he already left, right? You just missed him." Or there was a thing, there was a disconnect there, and it was like that call. We saw the other side of that call, mm. and it's just like, "Oh my god!" If Ahsoka was able to talk to Anakin there for that brief second to give him that yeah. like warning, right? And it was just like, "God damn it!" Like it's that's the what if that really got me. Is like, "Oh my god!" By like split second. And, and that's why that's why it's like a good hurt for this last season because yes. it's just mm. it's salvation that could have changed the timeline, but it's missed by like seconds at a time right yeah it's just so tragic the the whole section between maul and like the fight scene with ahsoka and all that stuff and the little things between like the clones and the the, the death watch underground like you're talking about in the tunnels and things like that under the sewers and things with mm -hmm. maul and the clones and they capture jesse and they he like gets information out of him using the using the force right i was like holy shit that's dark as hell speaking of you know jesse being an important person in this arc like, yeah, that's the first part because he gains information from Jesse. And then later on, when we're on the the Star Destroyer, the sorry, not the Star Destroyer, the um, Venator, the Venator, we get the you know Order sixty six happens, and every single clone on that Venator is wanting to kill Ahsoka, right? And then she saves Rex, and then Rex has to come out, and he's pretending he's like, "Hey guys, like she's not a Jedi anymore. She you know just she left the Jedi Order a long time ago, so she's not technically a Jedi, so she's not technically one of our people that we have to kill. And then Jesse's like, man, you're too gone. you're far gone and like there's that it, there's that disconnect like there's the the order that they got, what they perceive, and that's the fuck that's the order, right? And then you have this huge scene of like Maul leaving because uh, he wants to get the hell out of there. And he's just tearing down clones one after the other. And oh, man. like the fact that Ahsoka let him out of that stasis chamber, right? That four stasis chamber. It's like that has to take so much because she's the one who put him in there to take him out because she knows everything's gone to hell and everything's like and nothing. The Republic, yeah. the Republic is gone. Yeah. Right? Well, you, need, order is yeah, you need options to actually survive. Right. right. And yeah. so she's like, I, we got to survive. I want to save Rex and myself. Right. So she's like, you go do what That's you do. Evil. Right. And so he just tears through everybody. And at the very end, like they're running towards the same ship. And then Maul gets on the Y-Wing and get, or is, no, no, not no, the Y-Wing. No. He hits on the shuttle and leaves. Yeah. And they're like, shit, we need to find another way. So they, you know, go to the next lo deck lower, which is a repair deck. And you see the Y-Wing there and they're the trying, one to, -wing. They're trying yeah. to get out. And the Venator's already coming down because, Noma, you were talking about the reactor part that you never got yes, to. Yes, I, oh, I love this moment. It's it's just, yeah, because, you know, it's something that, that's talked about a lot in the old canon, right? Is that what's incredibly dangerous? Hyperspace is incredibly dangerous. You know what's even more dangerous? Being forced to exit hyperspace is incredibly dangerous, especially if it's... You know, not even an emergency exit. If it's just something outside of your own volition forces you to drop out of hyperspace, it is horrific internal damage. So, yeah, Maul on his rampage. Also, pointing that out with Maul on his rampage, I was watching a uh, a reaction channel that I like to watch. Shout out to Blind Wave if uh, any of them happen to be listening for whatever reason. We're not getting paid, though we should be. Yeah, no, exactly, right? <laughs> uh, 
they're they're much much more popular than us oh, anyways, yeah, but, yeah. but while maul was doing his rampage one of the guys who was watching it was like oh my god guys it's sam witwer channeling star killer into darth maul yes I was like, wow that is super accurate that is very accurate like he just <laughs> tears through them plates and just decapitates two guys yeah. with a deck plate like oh so cool but yeah he eventually everybody yeah, he eventually gets to the hyperdrive and just obliterates everyone there, just, which also brings up a good point. He just pulls it done, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Is it the force well, that he? Yeah, he's yeah he he absolutely star killer like, the, yeah. annihilates it. But I also found it hilarious where his rampage is a great example of why there should be some freaking safety rails in these oh, yeah. areas. There's no safety rails in Star Wars ever. Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's just hurling people off catwalks like it's nobody's business. At one point, he literally grabs a trooper's helmet and dodgeball throws it into him, and it knocks him off the platform. Yeah, yeah. I and yeah, you think safety rails would have saved these? No, <laughs> you need like true. safety harnesses. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, you need dark trooper armor but yeah he absolutely just literally rips the hyperdrive and destroys it completely and that makes the vader come out of hyperspace literally on fire well not on fire but exploding and falling apart yeah and it can't even do any it into the gravity, well, the gravity the well yeah yeah there's nothing they can do because yeah. it's just the no, ship is fubar no shields no not like everything's yeah. just falling apart everything's flying apart and then we get the scene where ahsoka and rex we know they survive we know they survive because of yeah. rebels but it's still so adrenaline inducing when you see and stress inducing when you see like they're trying to get into this y-wing that's not really fly worthy like it's not really worthy of flying and they get into it and like last second ahsoka jumps in right and and rex gets in there and they're flying down and they're in the middle of like this wreckage that's falling from the sky and Ahsoka's trying to get in to the mm. to the Y-Wing and it's just like, and she misses shit. the first couple times. Yeah. That's a perfect example of my problem with the Bad Batch arc. Because like I said, in the Bad Batch arc, partway through, I stopped ever thinking they were going to be in trouble. And it never occurred to me that they were going to be in a tight situation or that one of them might die. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I know Rex and Ahsoka both survive. I was tense during that entire like multiple scenes the first time i watched it mm-hmm. even though i already know what the outcome is and that's the you know just this difference in dramatic tension i feel it's like Hera trying to escape the star destroyer and everything mm-hmm. burning and yes. falling down He's yeah, like, yeah no she I mean, we didn't we didn't know at that point because we don't really hear much from her after that except for yeah that's true <laughs> it's like this might be it for her um one thing i wanted to mention because i can't believe you overlooked it when Ahsoka gets the part of the 501st. Just that scene where Anakin walks her there. Oh, my God. They're all, like, downplaying. Oh, they're excited to see you. And then she walks in. They're all standing there with the painted helmet. Fucking cried, man. I cried like a bitch. It it was, like, I'm surprised she kind of did. I think she did. Because at that point, he's just like, yeah, yeah, we're ready to go. And she's like, I'm not your commander anymore. Okay, commander. It was just like, (laughs) We're oh, with you. <laughs> and all their helmets painted yeah. up, and you're just, yeah. oh my god, bawling your and eyes out. Because mm-hmm. you get that from them, and then Anakin, who's been like, she's going back? I need to I need to do something. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Here, have these. And it's like, what are these? Oh, let, boop, like full blue, and it's just like, are these my lightsabers now? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, yeah, but oh. I noticed you put your spin on them, because yeah. your blue. Yeah, I just found more, and they work for you, right? Yeah, I love yeah. that line, too, because he's like, I might have made some improvements to them too. And yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, I don't like color. green. I like blue. <laughs> yeah. Green and yellow is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, there's so many good parts. Oh, yeah, that, that's like the last wholesome part before everything just goes to shit. Oh yeah. I will say, I did have one problem with that scene. You actually just cleared it up for me because one of the problems that I had with that moment was I went, "Wow, they got they got painted way too quickly." Like, okay, so we figured out that there was going to be a task force when Ahsoka landed, 
And then from then till Anakin showing them the painted helmets, you somehow got all these people to paint their helmets for this. But the way you just said it, Anakin going, I need to give her a surprise. He did. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's coming back. Oh, my God. We need to make this special. She needs to know how loved she is. That makes a lot more sense to me. Because everybody in that unit has worked with her. as And they trust her. So from that part, you hear that. It's just like, this isn't just another, like, task to do. It's like, I'm dropping shit to go do this. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. And we're going to be part of that? And then imagine the guys who aren't just being like, (laughs) it's like, you can't be mad. It's just like, we still got Skywalker. Yeah. So we paint ours. Mm. What are we gonna do? Put scars on all the eye? That would actually look really fucking badass if they did that. Right. <laughs> we had, we had just all the eye scars. I I gotta admit, guys, like we're just gushing over this whole whole arc, and it is everything that everyone wanted and mm. more. The thing that like that really that really got me was at the very end we get the scene with Vader coming back after the Venator's been down for so long. It's covered in like frost mm. and stuff like that. And then we also get him like at the wreckage where he sees Ahsoka and Rex have you know done that, not knowing obviously that. But we get this scene, and I, I just want to show you a picture that I found on Reddit the other day, and it was by the user Sudanshu W, mm-hmm. and it is a resemblance to a movie that you have probably seen. I haven't seen it, uh, Man of Steel. Okay. No, what, like the Superman one? Yes. Let me show okay. you the scene. Okay, yeah. And you tell me if you think that this is shot for shot reference material. And I think it I think it does, but it it evokes interesting emotions between the two different characters. Okay. Oh, that's when he like finally Oh, yeah. I, I know that scene. Starts finally starts to fly, yeah. yeah. Oh, and he's just like, Okay, I'm fed up, I know who I am, I know what I have to do. Boom. This is just like I can see just Vader just being like, eh. <laughs> but like the dichotomy between the two different emotions with the same shots with two separate characters so superman you know we have we have four shots here we have superman kind of walking it's kind of zoomed out you can see like the whole kind of environment around the character same with darth vader you see the wreckage of the venator then it kind of zooms in on a little bit of the wreckage and vader yeah, kind of it, looking it down it's wide shot to mid shot to, to super close up yeah and then at the very end they're both looking up superman mm-hmm. looking up you know because i feel like he has like some sort of like you know duty and like thing to do right and he has this newfound confidence i guess but then mm. you get darth vader he's looking up and he sees morkai is it morkai uh so because morai morai the, yeah. the the owl bird thing he sees that yeah. not knowing obviously what it means i don't think but it's just this super well See, done shot that ending scene gave me chills and there's another parallel because uh, both of these characters later go on to become uh, genocide machine 10,000s mm-hmm uh, the only difference is that uh, Superman does it to his own people. Well, I guess Vader does it to his own people, too. Are we talking <laughs> about um, the great comic run of Injustice? No, no, well, no, just later in Man of Steel where Superman is punching Zod through <laughs> inhabited oh, buildings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, it's like Dragon Ball Z if Goku just murdered his way through a city. So it's Dragon Ball Z if it was Vegeta was the main character. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the Siege of Mandalore? Oh, so many. I haven't even, we haven't even touched on Easter eggs. You go on Easter eggs. I want to hear. You you know these Easter eggs backwards and forwards. I know it. So, uh, well, I was also going to say just on that thing you were talking about, the shot that I love is when they show the back shot of Vader and he's just got the blue lightsaber on. Yeah. It's just, it's such a beautiful, like, what if? Same thing that I was talking about, right? Where it's like, what if he managed to redeem himself? 
kind of what we see in, in the second run of Dar- the Darth Vader comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the first line that actually made me, it made me do the Leonardo DiCaprio like pointing. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the beginning when, uh, when they're talking about the battle of Coruscant and they're like, Oh, what's happening? Like, is the chancellor okay? And it's like, well, uh, shock T, uh, was, was sent to protect the chancellor. And apparently she battled general Grievous. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. That's Clone Wars. Yeah. That's 2003 Clone Wars. Yeah. That is a, uh, and again, Dan, you haven't seen this. So I guess spoilers, but that is, the the closest equivalent that we had at that point to phantom apprentice is uh the last couple episodes of that where it's shock t fighting her way to the chancellor is so i think i've seen it i've seen it as a kid oh yeah it's such a good fight where she's fighting a bunch of magna guards yes and she has to move on to to oh actually yeah it's just the magna guards basically because the other two are fighting grievous Mm -hmm. it's such a good and just seeing them being like oh my god Oh my god! Well, it's just you know Dave Filoni coming back and being the god of legends, right? Just bringing back more stuff. We are going okay. So Clone Wars 2003 is legends. I don't know if it fully is because there's a couple of things in there that conf- conflict a little bit with you know certain things in the 2003 Clone Wars. The main one being that uh, Grievous is coughing throughout the entire 3D Clone Wars. But it's just that right that nod where it's like bringing that stuff back and kind of finally telling us which of the like 17 Shock Teed stories is true. Mm-hmm. Now we're narrowing it down a little bit, so that was amazing. Another one that came up for me was, I mean, we're we're dunking on the uh, racial stereotypes in the last arc. So being able to see minorities in this arc who don't die, because we know they can't die because Ursa Ren's already in Rebels. (laughs) That was a nice touch, right? Seeing her being part of the Night Owls. I thought that was neat. Continuity there. Mm. yeah so i'm not sure like it looks like she's part of the night owls and then later on goes back to her own clan who knows maybe uh bokatan's efforts on mandalore kind of splintered down a little bit mm. but i thought that was a really nice touch because it shows why in rebels bokatan is so willing to help out clan ren yeah. right yeah. now we've kind of got that bridge that kind of puts it all together i mean mandalorian's us. coming up and you know sabine ren's still a thing mm. we have bokatan like there's connections between them it's not just because um, they're mandalorians right I'm also not going to lie. I can't. I I don't know the second in, Gar Saxon second in command, the female that's with them. Yeah, I can't remember her name, um, but she's she's in the comic but, for the Darth Maul comic as well. Well, so did we all have the exact same thought when she showed up and we went, "Oh, purple hair." She's a Sabine relative. No, I actually didn't catch that. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think about that. Immediately, what I thought where I was like, "Oh, was her relative?" Oh, no, wait, Ursus here. Yeah, mm, purple hair. Yeah, no, <laughs> she's cool though. She was badass. No, she went on to form the Holdo line, and there you go. <laughs> Hey, don't dunk on that. Sabine had purple hair at one point. It can be cool. Yeah, but that's just because she died. In. <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> but yeah, so we had that stuff. Like I said before, Gar Saxon kind of showing up. And oh my God, Gar Saxon. <sighs> I don't remember his name fully. Ed, you can probably tell me. Who's the Mandalorian that you fight in the beginning of Swotor's Bounty Hunter arc? Taro Blood? Yeah. Yeah. I thought Taro Blood was the saddest Mandalorian in existence. Because he's just, his existence is such a joke. He's so sad. He's like the he's like the he's mustache. Sorry. He's not just sad. He's Ex- yeah. sorry. The fact that you have to cheat through the whole thing and you're a Mandalorian and these how are you accepted by friends at that point? Especially with what happens to him with the Jedi, where it's just like really you're so well. I mean, it makes sense. You're so sad. A mind trick worked on you. I, ugh, God. I, so I thought he was the saddest. I think Gar Saxon tops him. His entire legacy is just getting screwed over by everybody he works for. Yeah. He's like, save your mom will save us. What do you mean you're leaving me to die? All right, the Empire though. They're the good. What do you mean? No, wait a minute. My brother's not as good. I yep. and then he gets killed. Just, the character that just, we're talking uh, about, that female character, the second in command, is Rook Cast. Mm. Oh, okay. Cass is her name. 
She, I liked her design. Really cool. And I love the Mandalore, the Darth Maul Mandalorian Death Watch armor. It looks so cool. It did the red and black with the like the spikes and stuff. It's just vicious looking. It looks very cool. The only thing that kind of uh, takes it down a couple pegs is when you see the fact that they don't win a single fight. Yeah, yeah. In the Siege they're of not very good, and their name is Death Watch. They like, my they don't even use the spikes on their helmet to do anything. At least Savage impaled somebody with him. Yeah, yeah. He I killed Eddie Galia with those. Oh yeah. yeah. And Maul like headbutts and stuff at his fight because why not? You have mm -hmm. a, you have like more weapons on mm -hmm. your head. These guys they attack you. <laughs> Oh, okay, we, we attack you. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, but what other just... Easter eggs have we got? Well, this wasn't really an Easter egg. I just thought it was interesting. I never thought we'd see Prime Minister Almack wearing Mandalorian armor. He's right? got armor that is a color that I, f I found insulting because, you know, he's trying to rock that Boba Fett style. Yeah. I was just like, no, you're not allowed to wear green. Get that out. Get that shit Get off of you. Yeah. <laughs> All of green, too? No, 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 no. Yeah, I was almost insulted by the fact that he got a couple hits on Bogotan. I'm right? like, this dude is like, this, guy's this a dude minister. is not a fighter. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't know. But we don't know. That's Even true. he's a scummy son of a bitch. Like, I feel like. But we don't, we way... don't have proof. Going back to how you guys think, we don't have proof mm. that he no. is that way. No, I, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But. At the same time, these unknown unknowns are insane. But I think it'd be funny that even though they're so, like that sect of Mandalore is supposed to be like peaceful and non-combatant and everything like that, mm. it'd be funny if like the Stacey, like you know, gun laws and everything like that. If you had like an armor law where you could keep a set of armor in your house or something like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. You could get around that by being like, this is the whole. Oh, we have everything here is supposed to be a what do you call it? It's a memorial thing. For yeah. all your all your history and stuff like yeah, that, it's, you a, it's, an it's, it's an armor. It's an armor that everything is good. Yeah. But no, you don't want to do that. You're gonna have all this nonsense and be like, "Oh no, we're fine. And nothing goes wrong with this place, and everything." Fine. If you, if, if you hear if you hear a whooshing in the background, that's Ed throwing a receipt at the camera every time. <laughs> but also to <laughs> that, <laughs> that point, man, it is. Like you're right. We never see Prime Minister Almack fight, but he was pro Death Watch. He was definitely working with Pre Vizsla a lot of the time. Well, because he had to so, rely on them because he didn't have the military expertise, but they did, right? So oh, he, he was in, he yeah. was the political realm, whereas they were exactly. the, the hammer, right? Yeah, he was also never as charismatic as any of the rulers. Oh, he's a, right? he, I hate that character. Like he's a good he's a good character mm -hmm. to hate. He was way. charismatic enough to fool them from using black market stuff to bring into the place. So even That's though true. he was true. That, don't sell that as like, oh, he was shit. Like, no, I, the guy still did his fucking oh, job. No, I'm just saying, oh, yeah, I hate yeah. his character, but he's a good yeah. character to oh, hate. Oh, no, yeah, he, he was, he was talking about, Yeah, he was saying for for my point, I think. Oh, oh okay. sorry. I, I don't know. I, that's what that's what I assume. But no, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that it's it's definitely like Satine and Pre Vizsla are up there, and then it's Almac, and then it's probably Bo Katan. I mean, granted, we haven't seen a rule yet, so. Mm. That is subject to change, but I, I think that's why we're in the situation we are now in Mandalorian because, like, even with the Empire and everything like that, it's like you should be able to rally the people somewhat. But the fact that you're like you're really stressed out and really strained and all that's like, how much did you lose to the Empire? Saying, like, yeah, we'll help you. Who's this? I can't wait to see mm. Mandalore just like destroyed Mandalore in live action, guys. Like, that yeah. is... Oh, it'll, yeah, it'll be super because cool. Oh, my by God. Then, it's going to be so good. Sabine would have created the thing to, like, really wreck the landscape, right? Mm. It'd be so good, man. I also I also realized, this is getting really off topic, but I had a thought where it was like, man, you can really tell how much Satine... Sorry, uh, Sabine hated Satine, or at least didn't respect her, because she calls a weapon 
you know, she calls the, the Duchess, the Duchess. She names the Duchess yeah. after her, and it is a weapon that is aimed to destroy Mandalorian heritage. So, you know, putting those together, that's what she thought of Satine. Mm. Well, can you imagine what mom's in uh, stuff was going down the line? Because every right. time Pokemon and the Duchess got together, it was just... You were, and yeah. that's why she left and joined Death Watch, right? Because yeah. you also like, got to remember, Bo-Katan didn't have a good relationship with her sister. Yeah, right. and yeah, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, how so much of that did that bleed on to the rest mm-hmm. of the Night yeah. Owl, yeah. and then go from there, right? Yeah, but it, but exactly, that, that was just like a little thing where I was like, oh, that's really cool that it all, uh, you know, comes cool. together. Yeah. It's not just it's not just a cool reference. Exactly. But, uh, what else we yeah, got? Turn, uh, oh god, how much more time do we have? Um, as much as we need. I mean, yeah, right. Another thing that I did love was the fact that we get old Mandalorian relics, right? We have this force cage, basically, force prison cell. Give it to me. Which I want this. We don't really, yeah, we don't know how it works. I have a. I, I assume the red magical circuits, quotes, quotes, that you see in the background, clearly you can tell I've been playing too much fate, but those weird magical red line or yeah. <laughs> circuit, red circuits uh in the background it seemed to be suppressing the force in them i'm assuming the cuffs also do that it really pushes the like ancient evil mandalorian well not evil but like cruel well yeah the, the mandalorian sorry. versus the you know the the, the ones Jedi, that worked with the Sith right? empire when they had that war exactly right? yeah it's um, like yeah those man the the warrior who want the warriors who want to dominate the galaxy versus the mandalorians way of now. you see which then gets me on the side of night else again being like satine you're full of shit because if if you still have all this stuff kicking around that they can just pick up and be like oh yeah and we have remember this ancient prison thing that we could use was it just in a museum <laughs> break it probably down? actually oh no it might have been somewhere oh, no. white Mm. didn't bo say it. that like they had it like in like a like they they had it as like a piece they were never like they didn't have a use for it yet but then they were like no. oh we have this thing we As- can use no ahsoka says well because she says uh, bo says we this is from the days where we had to chain up force wielding maniacs like you to yeah. ahsoka jokingly yeah, yeah, yeah and ahsoka says i thought your sister outlawed them and bo like yeah, yeah yeah this is the last one yeah so they probably had it like mm. off off planet with with them at the same time why would she tell ahsoka the truth right also Trust. something i thought i mean ahsoka ahsoka yeah that's fair so no she's still in, in anybody else's life she's still one of those like saber force wielding maniacs but she's there be. to help she, she like she's helping Bo-Katan this entire time. Like, there's no uh, reason for her not to trust Ahsoka. Just because you're my ally doesn't mean I have to tell you everything. Yeah, exactly. And and we see, we see that in the Mandalorian too. She doesn't tell Din everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that's already one of her own Mandalorians, a Jedi. Yeah. Or whatever Ahsoka wants to call herself. There was also something that was kind of funny with that. Where again, I feel like they're just going to explain this in Mandalorian or in Mandalorian season three as being. Uh, Gideon was pulling the truth, but something else I kind of realized was by the, the I mean, granted, I, I also don't know if he has it at this point, so that might also be it, but by the rules of the Darksaber, Ahsoka's the leader of Mandalore, not Bo-Katan. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No one else knows that except for Bo-Katan. Right? Probably why she's so adamant about it, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, never once have I actually won this thing right please <laughs> like that that please. basically becomes the main question is like does the person have to have the dark saber when you beat them because he didn't they need to beat them yeah, when why. they're wielding it is what it is Maybe. or you need to call an official challenge or something like yeah Maldi. yeah that's true because that that everybody was kind of just well almost everybody was kind of just like Shit. 
Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you. Okay. The one thing I want to say about the the forced casket thing is like, as soon as we started talking about it being like an ancient thing, it's just like, oh no, this could have easily been like, where like he's you know gets in the casket and he survives the entire time, and like Maul gets in the casket and he doesn't leave the casket and he survives with the vendor crashing and gets oh out somehow. Like, I could that. totally see that happening. I just thought it was funny. I want I, I want that drawn. If someone could draw oh, that, that'd be fucking here's, great. Here's the JoJo reference. Of yeah, the there's our JoJo reference for the episode. <laughs> but fucking Arena was in that casket, so how, how is he in there too? Yeah. There too. Oh my god. So I have the explanation for it. I don't like it, but oh, there. Anyway. A secret there's a compartment yeah. there's a compartment underneath the one arena was in and yeah. they left With the Jonathan's casket they big saved. ass body in there yeah. now okay yeah. <laughs> oh man so and you else? Have a point. yeah uh, so this isn't an easter egg and granted i will say before i say this dude sam whitworth's voice acting as maul he's a badass a plus 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 so i will say everyone's voice acting in this season and honestly throughout most of clone wars has mm -hmm. been top right yeah but oh my god the range of emotion because there are so many lines that maul says where it's like when he's talking to the mandalorians and he's on the verge of breaking where he's like i was cat's side i was just i was just left and you can hear the mania creep in yeah for a second he goes back to when he was spider maul for a little bit yeah mm. right things like that or when he hesitates to say darth sidious for the first time because he's, he's scared yeah because what happened last time he Guys saw him me. right and my favorite moment yeah, right? And then the two moments I love are when uh, when Ahsoka first beats him, and he goes, no, no, let me go. Let me die. And it's just that desperate. You hear that. He's still angry, but you hear that desperation creep in. Because he was captured by that... Sidious and tortured by Sidious. That's the last time when he was captured. Well, and I think he's also just fed up. Right, it's where it's just like, like he's not nobody's listening. He can't get his way. Yeah. Nothing matters anymore. I don't want to see this all go to hell. I don't mm. want to be in a part of this. Just, just kill me. Yeah, Please. just end it. Yeah. And he's just like, no, we can't do that. Fuck. And then, right. yeah, and then from there sliding into when he fully, and I love how he fully loses it. It's like, you, and he's screaming, you're all going to burn. You don't understand what's coming. You, you're you all going to die in this thing. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, yeah, it's that mania of, I understand the truth. Why the fuck is nobody listening to me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just. It's like oh. the when the maniac doesn't realize how crazy they sound. Yeah. I know they're right. And then we, yeah. what I want to know is after he leaves in that shuttle, he eventually gets put on Malachor. He eventually makes his way there and gets stranded. Yeah. I want to well, see goes, that. Yeah, because we know he goes to Dathomir at one point, right? Yeah, and uh, he has the Crimson, Crimson Dawn stuff. Yeah, because he's operating Crimson here. He's working with Crimson Dawn and assumedly still the others, right? Pike Syndicate and yeah. the... There's so much stuff uh, we need to know about Maul. Black Sun, yeah, and all that stuff. So, but it's kind of weird. It's kind of like an Obi. It's like the reverse Obi Wan story. But it's instead of like, why wasn't Obi Wan doing anything while well, he was stuck on Tatooine the whole time? It's like, why wasn't Maul doing anything? Eh, he's probably just hiding from Sidious. I mean, yeah. that could work. He but. was and, doing and stuff. Time, it's just like no. From his perspective, it's like fuck it. I was doing stuff and nobody listens to me. I'm gonna do what I want. Now. Yeah, I'm gonna do my own stuff. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, true. and it's just like to hell with the consequences because at this point I've started it before and I got caught. Well, now I just won't get caught. And that's, he's got the hood up. He's got everything. He reveals himself like to one or two people that he mm. knows. And is working closely with him. Exactly, right? Mm. So it's just like, yeah, no, forget this. I'm going to do my own thing. And it's only after all that with more Jedi coming back and everything that he actually gets invested in Kenobi once again. Yeah. Because mm. he knows, okay, other Force users. And this is all going on. And Right? So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another no, push to take Sidious down is when he starts making his moves again. Yep. With mm -hmm. the rebels and everything, when they weren't even a thing, a in Solo, 
Mm-hmm. One thing that you did actually just remind me of with Rebels that I'd love to see mm-hmm. is the Inquisitorius knows about Maul. Yeah. Right? The so crazy watch... one or whatever. Yeah, it is the, sha- the shadow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, see, seeing those interactions would be interesting. It'd be funny if there were like a bunch of other Inquisitors we don't know about because Maul just annihilated them at a certain point. That'd be funny. Well, they just came in and they're like, oh. They're right. aping his style, right? That's yeah. yeah. Thing, because he was. Double blade lightsaber. I, yeah, he was the berserker, if anything, and they're all just like, "Oh, well, if we, have, yeah. we have to take some simple style. Let's use his, and then go off on that." And it's just like, "Oh, you could try." When he actually comes through and shows them, "Yeah, you got nothing on me." <laughs> That's a sad realization right there. Mm-hmm. So one other small Easter egg that I I liked it for two different reasons, but you know, we we already mentioned it before, but. During Maul's second speech, he's talking to all the leaders of, you know, Crimson Dawn and uh, Pike Syndicate and Black right. Sun, and we do see Dryden Voss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, younger Dryden Voss, but I thought that was pretty cool, right? We get to see that he's already established it at this point. It's already flourishing. What I liked was the speech after that, where he starts rallying <clears throat> Sadman Saxon and the rest of Pathetic Death Watch to his cause. Yeah. The speech that he gives, I actually really, really like that speech because he is, t- he is hitting on all all of the notes that he knows the Mandalorians love, right? He's got manipulating. Yeah, he's, well, but there, and there's a couple reasons I like it, but yeah, he's saying, you know, hey, we're warriors. We're not hiding in the sewers. You're warriors. We're going to go out like warriors. We're going to fight. If we're going to fight and if we're going to die, if we're going to lose, we're at least going to do it as warriors with our pride and our heads hanging high. And that rallies them all immediately, right? But what I was thinking while I was listening to him, him talk was, man, I really understand now how the Sith Empire managed to get the Mandalorians on their side. Yeah. Right? Measly enough. Fighting. We're not fighting for peace. We're fighting to fight because we want yeah. to fight. We want to show how strong we are. We want to pr- dominate and we want to prove yeah. that we are the strongest in the galaxy. And that's how you started out. So why wouldn't mm. you want to join this great conquest? You've lost every other time, but that doesn't have you licking your wounds. You you're ready to come back and get more. Mm. We want this. We are giving you this. Here, you go in first. Show us. You're like, you can win it right now, and then we'll, we'll be like okay i'm gonna replace mm-hmm. the audio clip that you just did ed with the one that sam wentworth did so then we have your speech on mall <laughs> i'm gonna okay, do what? it but uh oh <laughs> i'm gonna take yeah, the audio yeah. of sam wentworth out and put yours in for the speech <laughs> but it, it was just one of those because it also kind of occurred to me that you could use that same speech to really sit to your cause right yeah. so i never really thought about it before but that kind of interlock between you know sith and mandalorian <laughs> No, I will. I will. The passion, well, the passion, the passion I, and I think anger, could, for sure. I know. No. I think you. I think you, you could are. do it for. Sorry, I. Uh, I think you could do it for. I should also specify for mm-hmm. like anyone under the rank of Darth. Even then, no, no, no. And I, I, I'm not trying to completely shut that down because I do agree to a certain point. If you get mm. like a bunch of mar- the, the Marauder School sure. or something, yeah. like the Warriors who are there, that's what you go for. Mm. The Inquisitors. And all of them and everybody else. Okay. Yeah. They'd be like, what the fuck am I gonna do that for? No, you Yeah, yeah, let's all mm. go and then let them get in the shuttle and then we're not getting in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Warriors yeah. for sure. There's there's too much bullshit happening with the Sith Empire mm. at that point to be like you can get the people like that. Mm. You can get people to join your army mm. like that because you instill the patriotism at that point and what they're mm. doing and be good citizens of the empire and rally and join your dark lords and doing this and everything will be great oh yes for the empire yeah and mm. then they'll go and like <laughs> fucking idiots now i'm gonna do things and what where's the next batch of my sherbet thank you <laughs> right and like yeah. you, you would have more of that because that that's not what they were built on they were built on yes let your passions drive if your passion is fighting go for it but if your passion mm. is like yeah let him fight while i stabby stab back and yeah. it's like 
you're gonna do that, right? So yeah, no, it, and, and that's it's different. You really yeah. have to watch who you're talking to with that. You could get mm. single Sith on that, like you can get very specific yeah, yeah. ones. You have to go and find them. It take a lot more work, but it's a good concept. Mm. I agree with that. But you wouldn't and, be able to stand on a dais and yell that to everybody and have them go, yeah. No, yeah. No, and and actually, I actually agree with you completely mm-hmm. now because what the, what I immediately thought of when I heard that was like Maul giving that speech. And if you remember from Balmora, I'm pretty sure it's Balmora, Thanavesh just screaming in the corner in like agreement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, kill them all. Everyone needs to burn. <laughs> With my my own warrior being like, oh my god, Donna, shut the hell up for five right? seconds. <laughs> I'm actually thinking of, oh, look at, and you and I have had the same feeling on this, and mm-hmm. Dan, I bet you would too. This when you're doing the whole Ilum quest, and Malgus is just like, all right, let everyone be free to do their passions or whatever you want, yeah, alien, yeah. whatever you want. Everybody come in because we need the strength of everybody to do this, and we we'll do this from a much better galaxy. And again, everybody's just like. That makes fucking sense. Let's go do that. And they're like, <laughs> how, how dare he? Well, what's wrong with him? No, he can't yeah. do that. And it's like, it's like, why? Nothing that he said is wrong. No, no, but we're Sith Empire, so you can't do that. And it's like, yeah. because it's just <laughs> dogged stubbornness at that point that mm-hmm. won't allow you to move forward and do that. So then, that's why when you have the two and you can see what they do and how Sidious uses that for, I love democracy. I love democracy. <laughs> Everything is fine. I am one of you. And then seeing Maul go through, he's able to do this with gangs and pirates and constantly everywhere. Before Now you see him, before he whips out lightsabers or anything like that, he's doing this stuff mm-hmm. throughout the entire Clone Wars. We see him do this. And even at this point, before he with Ahsoka, he tries it too. And yeah. it almost works. And yeah. yeah. He's just not at that sidious manipulation level where it's just like, eh, and and she's not that willing to just listen to anything mm-hmm. because of all the history they have. So with that being said, like imagine if it was just some other Jedi and he says all this stuff too. They'd be like, oh God, no, you should talk to the council about this. You have to come with me, silly Jedi. I'm going to stop. <laughs> it's up for kids. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, and yeah. I, you can understand. It's so it's so insane to see where Maul has come from, like where he goes. About, we always talk mm. about the other ones, but like as from the child to this to being thrown into a bunch of prisons and everything to just be a mad dog to mm. like calm down and get to this level of just look at everything he's got as a puppeteer this time, rather than just one of the strings being tugged. Yeah, mm. beautiful throughout this whole he's day. actually a pretty good tactician yeah like in the siege of manual oh, yeah. he does some pretty crazy stuff and it works like he throws off ahsoka and the 501st and because mm. with all this because and i think that's part of the training that he used to do when he did he wasn't allowed to use force powers and he wasn't allowed to use his lightsabers they had to mm. hunt those huge beasts yeah so you had to think like that and be like okay how do you get away from an enemy and what do you do and what do you do because they're it's just this big beast charging at you and to be fair this the 501st is this beast chasing him through the through everywhere and it's like throw him off misdirection all that and then spring my trap yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it's amazing to see how far he's come there's there's some great sorry to <laughs> no it's okay it's okay i'm just trying to get my thoughts together that's all no worries but there, there's also there's some great character growth because one of my favorite lines in uh that maul says is when he's giving his his epic rant uh to pre Vizsla, where he's he's you know he's, he's like the jedi and kenobi and this pretender dooku and just going off on like all of them and this hate and everything rage that's and... been happening to him that is caused by these people 
Well, and and then seeing how that's changed now, where he's he talks about Dooku in in you know the final episodes, and he goes, "I see now, we're the same. We're both just pawns who were discarded as soon as they weren't needed anymore." Hmm. And just kind of getting that sympathy while in the throes of this you know mania of kind of coming to grips with, which is also something I, I didn't really think of until now. You know, half the reason he's probably becoming man- yeah, half the reason he's probably going through this mania is he can see the plan succeeding and he's not there. Yeah, he has to when watch he was from supposed the... to be, and he can't yeah. do anything about it. Yeah, because no. he he knows if he goes up against him, he'll get his ass kicked. Yeah, and nobody wants to help him because he's you know crazy and he's done him. other bad things <laughs> that nobody likes. So yeah. sorry, buddy, self-inflicted a little bit, but that is a season seven final season of the Clone Wars, guys. Damn, that is one hell of a season. The ending. Oh. There was one tiny thing we, that we forgot to mention. It's a very throwaway part, but man, I have never seen droids get massacred so cavalier. Yeah, very true. <laughs> Refresh me. Uh, the droid. So Ahsoka recruits the three droids to help her out. It's R seven yeah. like chub 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 or something. Yeah, GG. I yeah. think R seven gets headshotted as he's trying to help On Ahsoka. On the Venator, yeah. At the oh, end. Oh yeah. And and then after the so uh, chub chub and GG basically uh, do the opposite because they you know. They make the platforms drop to the basement level and all the clones go down with them. Yeah. And when Ahsoka and Rex go down there, they shove all the clones back up and then a bunch of clones just run up to them and just firing squad execute them. Yeah. And it's it's so brutal. You don't even get to see it. It's it's an off screen. Yeah, I love, like, I love those droids. Firing, you just hear them screaming. Yeah. I was like, oh boy, oh boy. They're done with these, these droids. Died horribly. Yeah. <laughs> those droids like save their lives more than once. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's the real what was that weird i i really didn't like the arc except for gregor but the the droid squad or whatever yeah that's actually george lucas's favorite arc did you know that of the clone oh, really Wars? yeah that was his favorite one that he did not mine unfortunately no not mine either <laughs> that's with like general gascon yeah that's good yeah, like, but r2 and cp3 c3po had to like recruit a bunch of droids and do some stuff or yeah it was r2, like a r2 d2 and a pit droid famous. and yeah, yeah. And they were they get Gregor and like Gregor was the best part of that. Oh yeah, the commando coming back. You're like, oh. yeah. But so but good. that was these these three droids were the real droid squad because mm-hmm. man, they did a lot and they put their lives on the line a whole bunch of times. They did. But yeah, that's that's season seven of the Clone Wars. We had some... one more. No, I'm kidding. Actually, <laughs> one more thing for me before we continue. Oh, okay. I forgot to mention this, and I think you guys would agree with me. The cinematography, the way the camera doesn't just cut, it like follows the action i don't know if you notice that in the bad batch if you oh, watch yeah, yeah. it again like it goes from like one character to the other character and it shows you like what they're doing and it seems like you are like the cameraman you know like you're with them and it's no. showing you all around you're looking around right like every part every part of this uh season was so well done with the camera shots there was cuts and things but like a live camera where like you're like moving around with it is so much fun like looking around corners or like following mm. over the shoulder of a clone or like whatever it is it's just so much fun and they did like you can tell that the team from season one or even the movie the clone wars movie that kicked us all off going all the way to season seven you can see the animation team getting their you know their shit together and understanding and knowing these products and evolving with the times and with mm. the animation quality getting the lighting down getting the mocap in like just building a story with these characters that we loved. If you think about Ahsoka season one, or in Clone Wars the movie, oh versus God, Clone Wars that. season seven Ahsoka with hmm. Siege of Mandalore, she, had, like, that was the biggest, like, turn of a character I have ever seen in anything. Oh, yeah. Between the beginning of her story, where people, I remember the fandom hating Ahsoka. Yeah, that was, that yeah, was me. Apprentice, I'll admit that. The apprentice of Anakin Skywalker? The fuck? 
And then so, now, no, I hate. So yeah, sorry, keep going. I'm not yeah, and like, and now she is this huge role in post, you know, Empire. Even in the Imperial Galactic Empire, mm -hmm. she is part of the Rebel Alliance, and she is the one gaining information and helping the Rebel Alliance build itself up to this thing that eventually takes down the. Like, she is a catalyst of the entire Star Wars saga, to a degree. Sorry, no, I'm good. Yeah, no, on the same vein as R2-D2, right? Of just being through everything. R2-D2? Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but no, I'll, like, I'll say it, because I saw the Clone Wars movie when it came out, not in theaters, but I hated Ahsoka when she first came out. The moment where I hated her, and I, I'm not surprised they got rid of it, was when she started saying Sky Guy. And R2-E. And R2E, yeah. I forgot about that. I, I mean, I kind of, I fucked with that. I won't lie. Oh, I, I like okay. R2E. I like her, but I, I, I assume Noma was like, fuck that. Sky, I like Sky Guy, dude. Oh, yeah? Oh, I hate it. As soon as she said Sky Guy, I was like, mm. she's like 12, <laughs> bro. Yeah, she's a young kid. What is this shit I'd be saying if I was 12? Fuck. It, it was just, it was a lot. And then her fighting Grievous, and I was like, no, 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 this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you even before C. Well, yeah, even, though, even before season seven, it was just, you know, Clone Wars in general, they, they kind of revamped her and they changed her. And I, I started to like her a lot more and more and more to the point where I was legitimately really scared that she was going to die in Twilight of the Apprentice. Right. Yeah. I was like, fuck, fuck. fuck. It makes sense. It, all the signs are pointing to it, but I don't want it. Everybody thought that, too. Don't. And this is Dave Filoni. Like, Dave Filoni and George Lucas worked on the Clone Wars and created this Ahsoka character, right? Yeah. And this was her character arc. They apparently wanted to make her this unlikable character at first, like not specifically unlikable, but she's a naive character. She's done mm. all these mistakes and she's being very rash, right? But then mm. as her character evolves, you start to realize she's learning from her mistakes and she's growing as a person, as a character in the Star Wars mm. universe and as a commander and as a general, right? Or not mm. general, but um, commander. Mm. She, she becomes and she makes all these connections with these characters. So at the end of the season, you see the 501st respects her wants to follow her and like shows the respect mm. not only that but anakin her master also does the same her former master i guess right and you know to, enough to build two brand new lightsabers for her even though she's no longer a jedi like that must mm. be blasphemous in the jedi order you don't give hey, lightsabers to a random person <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, Anakin being blasphemous in the Jedi that's, Order? But I, that's never happened before. No, no. no, 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 it, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, there's these things of like, her character has su had such an impact on yeah. all these other characters in the Clone Wars. It wouldn't be the same without her. No, I mean... And something that I'm surprised we didn't see ahead more, where it's like, the writing was on the walls constantly. How many times did we hear a Jedi going like, oh yeah, but the Council doesn't need to know that. Oh, the yeah. Council doesn't need to know that. Well, fuck the Council, fuck the Council. Well, <laughs> because people were just losing trust in them so much because of how much they were... Look at what they wanted to do to one of the most influential characters throughout the entire series. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, not good, not good Council. Constantly. And the fact that mm. people are hiding stuff from you all the time, and that you can't figure stuff out, and you don't want to figure it out, and you're cooped up here, do you not see the problem? Mm. And it's it's this whole writing has been on the wall the entire time and it's been growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And that's Sidious's plan. It's to yeah. take down the, the Jedi he, Council. He, he barely had to do shit at that point. If <laughs> yeah. I'm here, I'm sitting there laughing at me like you guys are just doing it to yourselves. Well, I'm, just, I'm just a presence at this point. The one thing that we learned about in the Tarkin book is that the Jedi Temple is actually built upon Sith ruins underneath it that they don't know about. Right? Fair, and there's a dark side influence that's creeping in. 
That I don't believe that. I, for a see, place. that actually can that actually confuses me with new lore though, because we learned in High Republic they know that it's built. No, on... High Republic did, and Yoda did, right? How did they forget about that in two hundred years? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's the canon that we live in. He better yeah. get some devastating blow to the head when he becomes. <laughs> but he gets he takes a blow to the head that messes with him for a long time because mm-hmm. and the either some kind of force repairs or something because that is ridiculous. Where if you know about it then or from whatever you were doing, and then all of a sudden you're finding, oh, no, nothing's wrong. Come on, man, mm. seriously. Like, he's got... Yeah, like, they know about it, but what are they going to do about it? They're not doing anything about it. So, it would frustrating be interesting. as hell. It's it frustrating would be interesting if that ties into... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it would be interesting if that ties into how Sidious was screwing with the, uh, you know, clouding the Jedi, mm. is literally just using that Sith temple underneath the Jedi temple to... I, that's what know, my assumption is, honestly. Is Sith magic. But then, yeah, Yoda's that's coming cool. across as a full-fledged idiot at that point, which no, I don't ever want to see. It's still wooly, because at that point, when Xana showed up to the temple a thousand years before, mm. well, that thing should have still been just as powerful, right? Mm. Oh, no. Why don't we have her cloak herself in the light and be everything? It's just like, oh, but there's all this dark here. Why don't you just use a part of that to hide yourself even even better? And then you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about keeping this pretense up as much because clearly they can't sense that. Why would they sense you? Yeah, yeah. I think well, that's he has the idiots and he's not doing a damn thing. Yeah, right. Right. One one final piece of Easter egg lore as well. Although I can't remember if they've mentioned this before, but we get, as far as I can remember, please correct me if I'm wrong, but we get the origin of the fulcrum name in this arc because uh yeah because you know anakin and obi-wan get a message from fulcrum and anakin goes oh really saw guerrera and yolaren's like no no no, no. someone else is using the fulcrum oh uh, yeah moniker. yeah 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 you're right i forgot yeah. about that yeah and which is cool but then at the same time it's super ballsy of ahsoka to then go by fulcrum but with actually being ISB. <laughs> right yeah with yolaren being isb and anakin knowing that although granted at that point she didn't know that Anakin was still alive, yeah. so that that part gets erased. But yeah, Yolaren knows about it. <laughs> Yolaren is the biggest incompetent though, next to the Jedi Council. Because <laughs> my God, think of every time he's been a commander, who's been on his ship? Either Anakin or Obi Wan, mm-hmm. right? So his successes are not really his successes, and the clone commanders are doing their thing. He's just pretty much standing there looking important. He's the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the guy who steers it, right? And he's got he's got a very nice voice. <laughs> he does, and he's the announcer for the whole series. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then he becomes head of ISP and Whoa. they care. Breaking out across the galaxy. <laughs> what does he do? And then goes and proceeds to say dumb shit con- continuously throughout fucking meetings and everything like that. And people <laughs> questioning him constantly. But he's there and he's a little guy and he's seen some stuff. Okay. That's that's basically his thing. It's like he's seen stuff. When I think Tarkin or somebody who asks him, so like, you know, what do oh Yalarin was there, what does he do? And they, they laugh at him. They basically laugh at him, and it's just like, oh god. It's like you saw all this go to hell and you're supporting it. Right. When you, oh, but you know, if anybody was to be like, oh, the Jedi were plotting to take over, you look at him like, were they? <laughs> you were there. Just you were there. Right? time with them. Yeah. Like, I can understand Tarkin because he didn't like them from the start. Mm. But you, oh, one of the best friends, were they? <laughs> oh, they were. They were there. You want to see this recording we found? <laughs> You mean the one they deleted that they don't have anymore because they want to make the Jedi die? ISB leader. He probably went and found all those and deleted them himself because he's sweating Wait. bullets that way. Right. Motherfucker. Uh. That does it for the last episode of, or the last, the, the recap for all the episodes of season seven, the final season of The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for joining us, and let's head into the outro. <laughs> Reminder, at the beginning of the show, we showed you or told you about the May the 4th giveaway. It goes until May 30th. Listen to the intro again if you need to know how to enter that contest. Look at us on Twitter and look at us on Instagram and you'll find our post there. And you can follow the instructions on those to win yourself a copy of the Limited Run Games Star Wars Republic Commando for the PlayStation 4 Collector's Edition. Fantastic. Ed. Hi. How can the people find us? Well... For all these details, if you head to voiceoftheforce.com, you may find interesting notes on that. If you want to email us and ask us more questions about this, you can find us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. If you're more of a social media buff who really finds themselves at all hours of the day on Twitter or Instagram, you'll find us there. We are at voiceforcepod. If you retweet or repost any of our new episode links or anything of the sort, it does help with growing our listener base. It will also help you just by retweeting and reposting and commenting on any of these with the rules that Dan just stated. You will enter yourself in probably multiple times across both platforms. And if you listen, rate, review, and subscribe and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms, there's a good chance that you'll get that rule so ingrained into your head that you might be doing this every day for the... Um, for the duration of May. So you know what? You might have 10, 15, 20, 30 chances to win something out of this. I mean, if you have a PS4 and you like the podcast and you want to play Republic Commando again, I'm saying all this real slow because why wouldn't you? But this is my opinion. I'm sure these boys would love to tell you more. But honestly, why not? Enter the contest. If you don't want it for yourself, think of it as a gift. If it comes through in October, you can hold on to that for somebody for Christmas, maybe. True that. It's a great, it's a great limited uh, edition, uh, collector's edition of Republic Commando. And thank you, Ed. We're going to be moving into the Bad Batch next. So stay tuned for the next special for Bad Batch episode one and two. With that said, may the force be with you. <laughs>